2: Ladies and gentlemen, Thomas de Caballero.
0: Welcome back to another edition of Leader Ring Radio. I'm your host, Dave Duenas, with my co-host, Mr. Gabriel Montoya. Another beautiful day here in California. Actually, this whole past uh, weekend, it's been really, really gorgeous. Um, So before we start the show, uh, people that do follow me on social media and know me in my personal life, um, I want to thank everybody that actually even sent me condolences on my email and in social media about my, my uncle, who has been uh, who had been battling his health for the last past year um so on Thursday when arriving home from work I got the uh, got the worst news I could get was that my uncle had passed away he finally uh, crossed over and uh so I want to tell him uh, rest in peace my uncle was a was a big part of the uh, reason why I fell in love with the sport of boxing he is the guy, first man to teach me how to throw a jab um when I was a kid we used to play a game uh, with the neighborhood in downtown San Jose called King of the Block. And pretty much all the kids would come around and, you know, before this, the actually, you know, bare knuckle fighting has always been around and just imagine a bunch of little elementary kids getting down dirty in the dirt. And my uncle Mario was a very simple, but very tough. And, um, he was a disciplined man, uh, to say the least about him, man. And, um, you know, he's going to be greatly, greatly missed. Um, it was a guy that I was able to have very deep conversations about boxing with. I know Errol Spence Jr. versus Mikey Garcia. He was looking forward to that. Um, his sons actually had bought him a huge, I think it was like a 60-plus inch uh, television because his vision had, was, was very poor at the stage where he was at in his health. And they were going to have a party for him to watch that fight because he was looking forward to that fight. Um, but I now know that he's, uh, he's up there with my grandfather and they're keeping each other company and talking boxing. So I just want to say Mario Munoz, uh, we love you. We miss you. Uh, always going to be in our hearts. And just to let you know, we're dedicating this show here to you. Um, so I'm going to miss you, Theo. And thank you for all the great memories. We got a great show for you guys. Uh, some disappointment with the pay-per-view, uh, the first pay, uh, PBC pay-per-view, That was aired on Saturday night on Fox. Errol Spence Jr. had a dominant win over Mikey Garcia, but we're gonna break it down. We're gonna probably we are we're gonna gonna put our input about what we think happened that that night, plus the other fights that happened on the other card and the fights that happened on the zone. And the fight that happened on ESPN plus. But we have a guest, a very special guest that we did have on here on Leaving the Ring when uh before we went back on our hiatus, uh, which is trainer, uh, Joe Goosen. Uh Gabriel. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty
3: stoked. I reached out to Joe uh during the fight and then and uh reached out to him again today and he was like, Yeah, absolutely, we'd love to come on and, and regale us with uh, you know, some boxing talk. Uh he'll be joining us about five fifteen today. I'll call him in on the show. Um, and Dave, yeah, my, my condolences to you. It's, you know, lo- losing, you know, a loved one is, is, is a big deal, but you know, also losing that connection, that person that, that brought you in to this crazy world that we're in, uh, you know, the boxing world that that's, that's really something else too, but you know, it's, this is um on every level. I think Joe will, will attest to this uh, and, and kind of be an example of this that, the sport, it's, it's, you know, it's passed on. Um, you can't really catch the fever unless you know somebody that, that really knows about it, that tells you about it, teaches you about it. Um, when I think of, for me, like the boxing voices uh, that, that really make boxing, boxing, um, I think of Emmanuel Stewart. Um, I think of um, Al Bernstein. Jim Lampley, whether you like him or don't like him, who's the voice of boxing. But, you know, people that really personally, you know, um, th- that I've known, uh, Joe Goosen is, is, is right there, like just a voice that uh, I trust what he says. There are things that I lean on, you know, and I look at, I want to ask him about this. Um, when Pacquiao Mayweather were first talking about fighting and the drug testing thing came out, it was it was Joe that, that just said wisely to me, if you don't want to fight, you come up with a reason Create an obstacle that cannot be gotten around. You ask for too much money, or you say you're injured. I, I believe it was the third one. Uh, but you basically put up a reason why you can't take that fight. You know, um, and it's just stuff like that. Even uh, down to uh, he was watching his fighters train. Uh, it was John Molina Jr. One of the times, and I noticed that he hits the big, the heavy bag, the, you know, the the big thick one, the biggest one, with small gloves. And I'd ask him, you know, what's What's with the small gloves? And he's like, it builds up the hands. It makes them stronger. You also learn how to, where to how to punch correctly. because uh, you put your knuckles in the right spot, as opposed to the pillows, you know, the bigger gloves that people train with to protect their hands. But, you know, it also promotes bad technique. You know, I've been training in smaller gloves ever since. Uh, so Joe, you know, I, I can't wait for him to be back on the show and, and uh, tell us what he thought about uh, a fight that was a high-level chess match. It wasn't the, the fight that we all expected, but I think there were various reasons why it didn't, Kind of kick into a, a different degree. I think Mikey is on a, a high level as a boxer, and he was on high enough level in order to survive. Sort of like a John, you know, a, a Juan Manuel Marquez was against uh, Floyd Mayweather. That you know, he wasn't in his weight class, but he was able to to use his boxing acumen to to survive. Um, you know, not for lack of trying. Too. Earl Spence, I thought, really, you know, he didn't waste punches, uh, but he kept trying to explore opening Mikey up. And, and landing a shot that would, you know, crack that defense and then open the way for uh, maybe, a, you know, a body shot stoppage or something. Um, I, I was very impressed with Errol. I thought he held serve, uh, you know, all night long. Maybe the second round was the closest that Mikey got to it. Uh, but it was a masterful performance, and it kind of reminded everybody that, you know, this kid didn't get here just by accident. Why people right. thought that somebody was going to jump up two weight classes, and when, you, you know, as a, a friend of mine on Twitter said, uh, I, you know, you could tell how Mikey t- uh, Seriously, he took the fight by l- the way he looked At the weigh-in, uh, which I think Is just, he took it seriously, but um, The weigh-in showed He was not a welterweight, so it, it uh, You know, and it played out in the fight He had a dad bod, he looked kind of Thick in the fight, he looked thicker He did but, look uh, thicker,
0: you, you know what? It though, just didn't he... equate
3: to being explosive Which is what he needed to be, and elusive Which is what he needed to be
0: Right, Sorry, right, okay? but y- y- you know, the, the, I, when I when I saw the weigh-in as well, for one I figured the the weight the correct weight for him to come in would be one forty five because he could be more on his on his toes, uh, the movement would be more fluent, uh, wouldn't have problems because the muscles wouldn't weigh him down. And when I saw that, I was okay. And his body, yeah, around his midsection looked really soft, but he he almost has that kind of um, back in the eighty Mexican body. You know, the, how the fighters looked back in the 80s with the Mexican fighters, they weren't really ripped up, but they were just, just you know, toned enough to, to, to have a, a good performance when they moved up. Um, but I wasn't expecting Mikey to come in all ripped up, you know, as well as I wasn't expecting Mikey to to really uh, have only one game plan. You know, I think a lot of us believe that his IQ was higher and that he was going to be able to execute not one but two, but we saw the Mikey Garcia that immediately, and i would said this, that we're going to know who's going to dictate the fight with the first punch, who lands that big punch. And when Spence landed that jab, I think it shook Mikey a bit after that third round because the second round, it looked like he was coming on. But when he dared to be brave, uh, he was reminded that he was a lightweight by Spence and the fight completely, completely changed the round. Um you know he we, was
3: also we, reminded that he wasn't the only skilled guy in the ring.
0: Yes. Errol
3: showed all different types of defense, head movement, picking stuff uh off with his gloves, you know, the catch and counter, uh blocking just straight up, you know, a hard guard to get through. Um he he dominated in every facet of the game. Um and he didn't have it to be also, overwhelmingly athletic to do it. They were practically no. standing in front of each other all night long, trading, you know, shot for
0: shot, move for move. It's masterful stuff. And you know what? It also showed that Errol Spence Jr. took this fight very serious because he didn't rely, which a lot lot of folks kind of thought that he was just going to rely on his size. Um, Surprisingly, like there was I got a lot of emails and and, and saying that, man, I'm kind of like dumbfounded that he didn't. Just come straight forward and uses, his, you know, his, his size against Mikey. He was actually fighting very, very smart in there. And uh, that told me that he was in there knowing that he was going to – he might have a chess match here because, you know, Mikey's a very intelligent guy. But the jab just really kind of erased any any memory muscle that Mikey had in trying to get around his jab, trying to get underneath his jab. I mean, I, at one point, I was like, "Man, all I mean, every round looked like a Groundhog Day. The jab won every single round." Vince, you know, I, I was watching it, and you know, it's 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 too
3: early to to see it. You know, um, the 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 Brook fight was a, little, a lot closer, a little a lot more competitive, but that was also a natural 47. But he was coming down in weight from 60, and coming off a loss, you know, and a long layoff. Uh, you know, all that healing that needed to be done after that horrific eye surgery that, that he had to have. And now he's had to have twice, Kilbrook. Um But still, you know, like here I, I was watching Spence. I, I still had this feeling of we're watching this version, this generation's uh, Mayweather in a sense, but he's a southpaw who hits pretty hard and uh, you know, can get you out of there. I don't think it's a, on uh, a knock on Spence that he didn't knock Mikey out. People were this went away from saying that Mikey deserved to be talked about because of the accomplishment in the same breath as Manny Pacquiao and Henry Armstrong, who were the only two other fighters to win a piece of the featherweight title uh, and, and then, you know, win a piece of the welterweight title. Um, but, you know, the, the fact is, is that Mikey um, did that in this era, which is kind of a weak era, you know, um, that you're able to kind of, Uh, you know, have these kind of historical championship or historical feats is because you have four different championship belts. Henry Armstrong didn't have that option. Uh, Manny Pacquiao did. um, And that's, uh, you know, in part why he's able to to do what he did. Mikey hasn't, you know, completely unified a division. He hasn't been undisputed yet. I'd like to see that. I'd like to see him stake his claim back at at lightweight and hold serve there. But, you know, I'm curious. They took a big shot. They moved, uh, you know, in moving up to 47. They put on all this weight. He looked very thick. Now he's got to take that weight off.
0: What's that going to mm-hmm. be? Like? Yeah, I don't know. That's, is, that's is going it, to be another question.
3: It, yeah, you know? this was a you know a chance for greatness. But now you're kind of off-road a little bit. You didn't win a round. Maybe you won
0: the second. But, I mean, he barely won exchanges. I know, you know, I know that you aren't disappointed in, in the way Spence performed. But, I, you know, I think I'm on the other side. I, I was a bit. I'll tell you why, because – it just looked like he was on cruise control. Like he 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 understood that he was the bigger, faster, more athletic. He was in he was way more in control why because it was his weight division. Um at no point did I ever kind of got that sense that Mikey's punch was going to, you know, put him off and I don't think he ever got that sense. But I agree with your with you and most folks saying that it's hard to knock out a guy that is not even willing to commit and trade gloves with you that kind of ran backwards um, through the fight and and retreated mostly th- through the whole fight. But at some point, I kind of felt like, okay, you, you've done all you can. You've showed the guy that you made a huge mistake by not testing out the water before jumping into the deep with the real sharks. I thought if you're a real shark, you're going to go for that attack. You're going to try to figure something more than that. And what I saw was a consistent boxing lesson, but – I felt walking away from the finish of that fight. I felt like where was the killing instinct of of you trying to take him out? I mean, there was moments it didn't really work, did. Really, you, you didn't. I thought you kept that trying head. to. Oh, I thought there was. I, a, I mean, by the fourth or
3: fifth, really by the fifth, sixth, Mikey had nothing for him, and 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 Mikey knew that he had nothing for him, and it became a survival fight. And I, I feel like Spence fought his fight, which is like Floyd. He takes the center of the ring. He establishes his jab uh, establishes his movement that he's going to keep you off balance if you get you know a little crazy start to try to hit him he 'll start he'll he'll up his tempo tame you back you off and you know if it, if it leads to a knockout it does and most of the time it does with him but if it doesn 't he goes back to that comfortable pace you know gets behind that jab and and just kind of works that way I, I think especially with a guy like Mikey who had you know they'd done all this crazy training with the the uh, snack training, you know, Spence has heard all about it. Has been a focus. You see that the guy's probably bull strong on the inside, and but that his legs aren't really there anymore, his wheels. So, you know, if you get a step to him, you're hitting him, hitting him, hitting him. But he's not doing anything back. Mikey kind of reverted back to his more sniper style, I think, in this fight. Uh, it just kind of went to his shell, looking for that moment. But you know, why are you gonna, why are you gonna play to his strength? You know, why are you walk to him and stay to him? And you know, at some punches, he's not going to throw. You, throw but, you know what I mean? Like but, you're going to go all in.
0: And what if the guy's playing possum, uh, which Mikey did in a couple spots? You know. He did. Yeah, he did. He wanted him to to walk towards him while he was going, to, you know, walking himself back to the ropes. But but here's here's the thing. What I'm what I'm thinking is the criticism has always been: is what do you get from beating a lightweight? You know, we know what Mikey Garcia gets. You know, it's a win-win situation for him. Uh, if he wins, all the glory is for him. if he doesn 't it goes back to the conversation was well uh, a, a good guy never beats a good a good big guy. Uh, what spence to me the cards were all on you know on him because you know everybody said what do you what do you really get from fighting this guy and that 's the criticism Now the criticism is well, you have the smaller guy, the smaller guy felt your power after the third round, retreated the whole fight. You should have went for it I, at no point. I mean, even in the fifth and sixth round, when Mike didn't land a good straight right, um, you didn't see Spence kind of flinch. There didn't mm-hmm. seem to be any real emergency of going, oh, man, let me cover up. Um, he really kind of walked those the those shots. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I just don't – I don't think he didn't try to knock him out. I think he tried – I think he explored it all the way to the 12th. And by the 10th, they were like, I thought they should have stopped it. I didn't – you know, we got to call Joe in. Uh, <laughs> yeah, been, we're, we're, we got all night to talk about this, but uh, yeah, no, I, I uh, I'll say this for a debut pay per view, uh, is it better or worse than uh, Mayweather versus Gotti? I'll just put that out there, and then we'll we'll call in Joe right now. Let's see if this blog talk feature works. Uh, uh, so we're calling legendary. the legendary boxing yeah. trainer Joe Goosen. We've switched his normal copy with Sanka.
2: not?
0: <laughs> hey. Joe Goose? it's just Joe Goose? You just
2: threw off Gabriel
0: right Who now by speaking in Spanish. <laughs> yeah, you did. You made oh,
2: oh, me off. Yeah, of course. I just give you the old bueno.
0: <laughs> what do you,
2: now, you know. I'm, uh, I'm calling it, from the it, 2020
3: campaign. Uh, we're looking for some uh, donations. Uh,
2: oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, yeah, just, uh, you know, where do you want the donations? sir? <laughs> uh,
3: just send it to my hotel. Um,
2: Joe, yeah, that's
3: Gabriel Montoya. Happy Monday to you,
2: Gabriel. How are you? How are you? It's good to see you.
3: I'm doing well. I mean, well. hear
2: from you, I should say.
3: You know, we. Uh, yeah. Last year we had you on the show, and then we went into like a serious hiatus. Uh, so hopefully that doesn't happen again uh, after this episode. But I'm here with my. Yeah, friend. God.
2: Yeah, yeah. God. God forbid we should be serious about anything, right?
3: Yeah. I. Well, the older I get, the less serious I'm. I'm becoming. I think. Uh,
2: well, exactly. I mean,
3: I think that's the point—to just kind of enjoy life—and uh, as I see you enjoying well, life on the on, on the, the ringside right now, well, I, and you're Well, I mean,
2: look, your... no, no, no. See, see. Look, let me just tell you something. <laughs> it's funny you should say enjoy. It's funny you should say enjoying life. I'm literally at a little league park in Cam in the beautiful city of Camarillo, where I now reside, hmm. and my grandson, who's eight years old, is playing his second year of little league. And I'm sitting in, uh, my, you know, whatever kind of chair you call that, and watching them play while we're on the, on the radio. So yeah, I'm enjoying it. See?
3: And it's it's springtime and the the sun is just perfect right now. I bet.
2: That's oh, great. so it's so it's so beautiful right now out. It's unbelievable. Although it's I hear we're having rain coming again this week. So.
3: But now we don't. Oh, we no. can't say we need it because we're officially out of the drought. So
2: uh, you know. Oh, listen. <laughs> I've lived in Cali- I've lived in California uh, in my whole life, and if I've uh, if I figured out one thing, it doesn't rain. It doesn't rain. It doesn't rain, and then it rains a lot. Right.
3: <laughs> yeah. No doubt. It, it,
2: it, yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, now. I'm here, go ahead. Uh, sh- as 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 my old buddy would say, shoot, shoot. Go ahead, shoot.
3: I'm here with. Uh, in other words, my give me David. some
2: questions. What David? What David Duenas? Yeah,
3: David Duenas. Um, hey Joe. No, look, uh, you
2: you you off? see, but wait a minute. You say Duenas and I say Duenas. There you Your go.
3: Spanish Duenius. might be better than mine, Joe. It's uh, <laughs> right. I actually would not
2: doubt
0: it. <laughs> yeah.
2: How you how you how you doing, David? Good to hear from you again.
0: I'm doing I'm doing great, man. You know I'm uh, I'm soaking in all the sun rays as much as I can right now. And uh, right you know, I meant, I bet you you're having a, a blast out there, you know when I used to go watch my kids oh. play when they were little, I was always had, a,
2: had a, right. tons of fun,
0: man, watching them play, and then I have a, my granddaughter, she's uh in the ballet, so I haven't had a chance to go see that, but I've been wanting to do something
2: well like I, I i may I may draw the line there, I don't know I'm just kidding <laughs> I, look i've got I, <clears throat> I've got six granddaughters, and I go to every event, whatever it is they decide to do, I go to it. I'm just kidding about the ba- ballet. Uh, but just uh, as it stands now, they've, they've done more gymnastics than ballet. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, and a lot of soccer, a lot of soccer.
3: The kids like the soccer. Everybody's moving from the football,
2: you know, Joe? uh, Yeah. Yeah.
3: Mm -hmm. the, The last time we talked, um, towards the end of it, it made me think, you know, um, there was, there was a guy named Gil Ortiz, a photographer in Los Angeles, a friend of Justin fortune's where I, I used to train a, a lot at that gym and he had a picture of Howie Steiner that he claims is one of the last photos, maybe within the last few days taken of, of Howie. Um so it's, it's kind of like, that he's kind of haunted me since uh, seeing that photo and Gil was saying, that's a story you should tell. And, um, but but so I was thinking of it the last time we were talking at the end we talked a long time I was just curious you, you mentioned before in interviews with me and and uh, on this show about apprenticing as a as a trainer and and that process and how maybe that doesn't happen as much as it used to and I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that your, your apprenticeship and about Howie and and that mm-hmm. the, that that gym. hmm
2: Yeah, well, of course you bring up Howie Steiner. Of course, you know his daughter Carol Steiner took over. The Main Street Gym when Howie was murdered, unfortunately, and uh, you know it's a case they still haven't cracked. <clears throat> Although I did talk to Carol a few months ago, Howie's daughter, and she intimated that the police were had gotten a couple new leads on that. Funny enough, you bring that up. So, really? Um, <clears throat> yes. Uh huh. A- after all these years, I mean, I can't even tell you about 35, 40 years now. I don't know. Yeah. But, um, yeah. And, uh, now now, speaking of, you know, my apprenticeship, you know, I basically did that for about 11 years, um, with Randy Shields. I, I had happened to, I I, want to say meet Randy Shields when I was in high school, but he went to a different high school than I did. And we kind of, um, met under, uh, circumstances that were a little unusual to say the least. I had, my brother was a fighter and Randy's dad was a fighter and they had, uh, sparred each other at an old gym called, uh, Frankie Goodman's gym, who used to also write for a newspaper called, uh, the Valley news or the green sheet in the San Fernando Valley. And, um, Frankie Goodman, uh, would write a weekly, column call called boxing biz funny enough and mm. so what one particular day that my brother was at the gym he had told me about this 15 year old kid Randy Shields who was you know 15 years old he was 115 pounds and he had about 70 fights at this particular point in his life and and he said how good he was and everything and basically kind of insulted me in a sense where he the where he thought Randy could beat me up and bought you know what brothers do And and so I kind of, I was a, I was a year or so older and I, so I paid him a visit at his school because uh, that had gotten under my skin as a teenager. And, um, I politely asked him if he'd like to, um, you know, fight. And so he said, yeah, come over to my house today. He had a ring there and, and we went over there and we, we had it out for three rounds and, uh, I never left the gym since. And that was in 1969, 1970 wow mm-hmm. so, so that's it how i it? started pardon
3: what was it about it the gym like what, what was,
2: was
3: that, that first is it is it sound for a lot of guys it's the sound and the movement and
2: well no it, it wasn't even that i mean I, I had you know it was it was a backyard gym he had a ring literally in his backyard and the hmm. garage had you know a couple of heavy bags and a speed bag and that, you know, they, that was basically it. So, you know, it served, you know, there were a lot of garage gyms back then in those days and even before, and, you know, Bobby Ciccone used to work out of a garage gym. I mean, Joe Ponce had one. And so, uh, you know, it was, it was just the, it was more about the competition. I had already been playing football and baseball my whole life and basketball, you know, and I had, I had, seven brothers there were eight boys and so we we played sports every day trust me i mean you know i had one brother that played for the dodgers i had another brother that fought professionally all of us were you know high school and babe ruth little league baseball players pop warner football high school football i played uh a year of college football at la city college off of vermont uh, after high school, while going to the boxing gym. You know, we were athletes, and we we, we couldn't get enough of running around and, you know, bouncing off the walls, you know, my brothers and I. We basically had a, a baseball team, you know, just us alone. So, right. uh, yeah, it, you know, so, I mean, it was more about the competition than it was about, you know, the atmosphere, to tell you the truth, hmm. uh, of the boxing gym, you know. I, I've never really... Concern myself with the atmosphere of anything. I mean, to tell you the truth, it's always been about the competition. So you know, I would have played. We, I mean, not I would have. I mean, I, I played on empty lots. We played in the street. We played in parks. We, you know, anywhere we could get a game going, uh, we would do it. And so when I went to Randy's house, it was it was. Believe me, it was nothing special. But you know, if I look back on it, I go, it was pretty unique. In a sense that I had never been to one before, and yeah. um, and it was it was just really the the, the the flooring was the was dirt, and the ring was probably you know ten by ten. I mean, it was just literally a phone booth, and there was nowhere to go in it if you boxed, and that's why Randy got so good. Of course, he went on to turn professional, and then he went on to fight six world champions. He fought Tommy Hearns, Sugar Ray Leonard, Pepino Cuevas. Johnny Bumpus, Milt McCory, and Wilfredo Benitez. I mean, that's a hell of a lineup. That's Murderer's Row right there. And um, I was his corner man for all of those fights, along with his father. So you're I, I me. pretty much what. Yeah. Hmm?
0: Well, you know, want to? What I, I want to ask you about that because you're talking about the gyms, and, and you said it's not the atmosphere. It's you know being a competitor. Do you think that's kind of changed now, and just the the landscape of boxing, where you know we. We used to have this, this saying growing up, my, 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 uh, my grandfather and my dad used to always say, don't chase the money. You know, The money's there. Put in hard work. Learn your craft. Don't chase the money. And you kind of see that with the kids nowadays, in my opinion. You see them chase the money. It's almost a sense like they don't yeah. really have that mentality of being the baddest guy on the block anymore. It's like I'll be the baddest guy mm-hmm. on the block for the biggest amount of
2: money. Right, no, you're 100% right. I mean, I always told Gabriel and Raphael, I said I'm going to make you champions. I never told them I was going to make them rich. I, I just said I'm going to I'm going to make you champions. I never even mentioned money. But all I have come over the, you know, to know over the years, one um uh is you know, pre precedes the other. You cannot right. make money unless you become a champion. So your goal has to be to become champion because there is no money unless you are a champion. So, I mean, the, the, my, the thing I went after, I'm going to tell you was the belt. I loved the way the belts looked. I wanted one (laughs) of those around one of my fighters. And, and I, in in particular, I wanted the WBC belt because that one I thought looked the best. And to me, that was worth a truckload of, you know, money just to have, you know, I, I don't mean that interpreted into money. It, it was worth more to me than a truckload of money to get that belt. So, because, you know, I had seen it wrapped around so many great fighters and I go, man, that just looks good around a, a badass's waist. You know what I mean? And so, and I, I eventually, uh, yeah, I eventually got a couple of those and then, um, but yeah, no, I, it, to me it was all about the competition. I was never one to, to, I was not a fan of sports as much as I was. I was more of a fan of boxing than almost any other sport, even though I participated in all the other sports. I never really followed sports like diligently i i would I'd rather be playing it than you know watching it so um you know that was just it so you know i mean but but I gotta tell you, you know there was really no atmosphere. Um, at Randy's, you know, gym. it was just very rustic and, you know, kind of ordinary, but it served its purpose. And I finished out his amateur career with him. I met him at 15 and he turned pro at 18. So I did three years with him as an amateur and, you know, worked out with him and sparred with him. And, you know, uh, then by the time he turned pro, um, I was playing college football. And, um, so, but I was still, I would leave football practice and drive right over to his house and do the gym with him. And, um, you know, look, he, you know, he, um, he and I were our our best friends to this day. And, uh, you know, I, uh, I, he probably had 60 pro fights and I was with him for nearly all of them, almost all of the fights. And I think maybe I missed a couple only because of my wife being pregnant or something like that, having a baby. You know, I, I had a, I had to pick a team on that one, right? <laughs> so, uh, becoming <laughs> so, a
3: a teacher trainer, you know, is that it, was, it sounds like it just became out of it was it came out of necessity rather than uh, or you know correct me if I'm wrong out of a I think I know how to be a a boxing trainer. The guy needed a cornerman. No, I mean,
2: what, what, No, I, to be honest with you, I was really always a good organizer in sports. I would always get the games together. I'd get everyone together whether we were playing street hockey or we were playing pickup games at the park or go down to the little league field, I always seemed to be getting everyone together. I was the guy that, you know, that was organized in that way. And I would push everybody to get a game going. So in a way I was, I was kind of always the master of ceremonies, you know what I mean? And, um, and uh, so that kind of served me well because I would take the reins, you know, and I I was kind of a pretty good observer of, of, you know, uh, athletics and, um, athletes and I was pretty good at, you know, learning the fundamentals of whatever I did. Um, because I wasn't a, I wasn't some superlative athlete. I was pretty good, but I was not like some of the guys I played with. I can tell you that, nor was I close to being the athlete that some of my brothers were. So I, I watched a lot and, I was a good observer and then, excuse me. And then I would, you know, I could calculate uh, the technique pretty well. And I, you know, I had a good retention factor going for me. And so I think all of that combined really helped me become a pretty good coach because, you know, like I said, I was organized. I was attentive. I could, I could break down technique. I could see what I, I could always see, why a guy was good what they did you know it wasn't like wow man that guy can really hit i would i would know why he could hit well you know hmm. or 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 throw well or whatever it was i was pretty good at breaking down technique and the fundamental aspects of most sports um because i i participated in almost all the sports and i i used to try to emulate and copy what the good guys did so I was a good copycat, I guess is what I'm saying, you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or you and, and that bookie. served. Uh, or you could
0: have been a good bookie, Joe. <laughs>
2: no, no, because you'd have to, no, no, then you'd have to pay attention to a a, a lot of other things than just
4: <laughs>
0: technique,
2: <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, you know, you, you'd have to do a lot of studying on, uh, you know, statistics there. And right. uh, no, that's, that's, that's not my, that's not my thing at all. You know, I, I I was into just the athlete and the athletics of it all. So, did, um, yeah, it, it, that, it came rather easily to me, you know.
3: Does that initial small ring that you were, you know, uh, in, or, you know, is that where the inside fighting preference comes from or your, or specialty comes from, well, do you think?
2: That, that's a, That's a really great question. That's absolutely the truth, yes, because what I learned was is that you couldn't get away from anybody. So because it was so small, if you take two steps, you're across the ring. So you had to learn how to parry. You had to learn how to slip. You had to learn how to turn off of the ropes. Um, You had to be able to, you know, go nose to nose with somebody because, like I say, you you took two steps and you were on top of somebody there. So it's Hmm. absolutely a wonderful, great observation on your part. Yeah, it's exactly what happened. Uh, Then, of course, you know, go ahead.
3: Oh, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, Ray Woods, Diego's uh, stepdad, had a garage gym that I was in. Real right. small, mm-hmm. same kind of thing. And I was like, uh, so this is where the fighting style comes from. <laughs> it's not, not a lot of It's room true.
2: It, that's right. It's true. Um, you really have to learn how to use a lot of defensive skills and counterpunching skills because you, you have nowhere to go. You can't really use your legs a lot, you know? And except to maybe move left and right rather quickly, but to you know to like say you're going to use the ring, there was no such thing as using the ring, you know, in in the sense of what you could do, you know, like in my gym now, you could use the ring because it's you know 20 by 20, you know. So yeah, no, it's, it really is the truth. Yeah,
3: you can tell a lot by how how a fight's going to go by the size of the ring. No question. Um I don't want to. Keep you all night, man. You've had, had you have had John uh, for for twenty minutes. I I really appreciate the just that peek into history. Um, uh, Dave and I both want to ask you about the the fight that you called this past weekend. Errol Spence Jr. defending his IBF welterweight mm-hmm. title uh, against Mikey Garcia, coming up from uh, a trip to one forty, then back to lightweight, and then a jump up to welterweight. Uh, what were your mm-hmm. impressions uh, uh, of the fight? Who'd you pick going in? By the way.
2: Well, look. I mean here's the thing. I don't, I, I, always, I, my, my line was always this. Um, the bookmakers have the numbers, right? Okay. Uh, yeah. They have the numbers, right. Now that being said, are the bookmakers wrong sometimes? Yes, they are. Okay. Did Mikey Garcia have the goods to upset the, 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 the bookmakers and, and their line and their predictions? Um, that was questionable, um, but you've got to give a guy that's a four-weight class champion a little bit of the benefit of the doubt, and I think that proved out by the fact that he went the distance. Now, say what you will about a moral victory, not a moral victory, whatever you want to call it. The fact of the matter is, he did what a lot of welterweights couldn't do, and that was to last. Now, was that his goal? Was that his goal? No. I think his goal was to really get some counter-punching going from an arm's length distance, and that failed. And then, you know, of course, I was saying on the, um, in the commentary, what Robert Garcia was just about to say, I said it around before, I said he, he's got to get inside if he's going to get anything accomplished here, or try to at least. You know, he's got to change up the game a little bit, plan, plan B. And Robert said, You know, you got to make your move now, which is saying the same exact thing as what I just said to you. You got to make your move now. You got to get in and do something. So I, I, I think it was very frustrating that he, because of his size, I think, and the, and the length of his arms, he just didn't have the ability to reach um, Errol Spence, whether counter punching or otherwise. And when he did make his move in, Errol Spence, uh, Errol Spence deployed a few tactics in the ring. He just was not a uh, total pressure fighter that night. He was stepping back and counter-punching when Mikey would step in, and yeah. um, he just he just proved to have an all-around game. I think what he did was he showed that he can. He's very versatile in the ring, Errol Spence. And um, it, it, it became an unfair fight after a while. You know. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh, it, yeah, and um I, I think the the only saving grace for Mikey is that he didn't get stopped and that he was able to finish the fight on his feet. Now, he never got wobbled, he never got dropped. Um, there wasn't a time where you go, you know, except with the exception of the ninth round, I think, when Errol really put a good good uh round together against him when he had Mikey pinned on the ropes. And uh, that's when Robert was contemplating stopping the fight. And uh, to tell you the truth, I was hoping he wouldn't, because I I felt Mikey should be given another round or two at least to see where if he was going to be able to survive it. Because I don't think any fighter wants to look at their record and see KO'd by, you know? Right. Um, and and I think Mikey was was smart enough and um, in shape enough to survive an onslaught in um, 10, 11, and 12, which he did, you know. You know what I so, saw on I mean, ninth round? I, yeah.
0: Joe, you know what I saw on what? the ninth round? Yeah. I, I, I'm sitting there watching it, and after Spence landed, started opening up a bit. I, you know, he had him against the ropes, started really opening up and landing some bodies. Right. So He was kind of, you know, pain in the brush, going up and down. I, I saw what his brother saw, which was that final – finally it was like this concern – on Mikey's face. It wasn't discouraged, but it was, to me, it almost seemed like he was like, man, I, 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 I can't seem to get, do anything right with this guy. I just can't seem to keep well, up with him, and I can't, you know, muscle him off of me.
2: Well, look, in 39 victories and no defeats with, I think, 30 knockouts, mm-hmm. he had never been under such duress before in his right. life. So it was a brand new experience for him and it's going to bring out some, uh, you know, it's going to bring out some emotional, uh, 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 facial expressions. I would say, you know, unless you're just stone cold, you know, you know uh, a stone cold killer where, you know, you're, you're a robot, but you know, you could see, yes, that Robert was, I'm sorry, where Mikey was, uh, Feeling it, and and he got I think he got hurt by a pretty good body shot, along with other shots in that round, and uh, the expression did tell a tale, and I think Robert uh, saw that, but Mikey told him he didn't want to stop, so I think he knew he could he could uh, weather the assault, and um, he did he did eventually, and I got to give him credit for that because he could have packed it and said you know what this ain't going nowhere and you know, I could end up flat on my back and he didn't do that. So you got to give him really big points for bravery. And I don't think he sustained vicious punishment from thereafter to tell you the truth. I thought he was pretty evasive and yeah, you're going to get hit in a boxing match, especially against a guy like Spence or for that matter, against a guy like Mikey Garcia under normal circumstances, you're going to get hit and you're going to be hit. So, um, I mean, you're gonna hit and be hit, so uh you know it's part of the game um, and you know in major league baseball if your seven runs down, you just like go, okay, we quit, you know I mean right. yeah, you're not getting hit in the head, but it's it's something about the pride of it all and finishing on your feet i mean that's that's saying something, you know um do you agree, and and do you, I'm not you know yeah yeah go do, ahead do
4: you do you agree
0: with fans? That are disappointed because they feel that well you know Spence had it in, under control, um, he was dominating yeah. every second, every minute, every round practically. Um, that practically, that,
2: I I did give Mike I did give Mikey the edge in the second round. That was
0: the it. second round. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, same same here. But do you agree with fans that they felt let down because Spence? didn't take out Mikey Garcia. Like, he didn't go for that. They it, it felt like a lot of fans that, I, that I've spoken to and answered back on our emails, they all felt like, hey, he was the bigger guy. He showed he was the bigger guy, more athletic guy. He should have taken him out. He should have been able to drop him, hurt him. So, and they, they so felt like the performance kind of held back.
2: Hmm? Are you saying that they think Errol Spence took his foot off the gas in 11 and yeah, 12?
0: I think so. I, think
2: that's I, what I doubt that I, I I doubt that very seriously. I doubt that very seriously. Um I, 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 can you imagine one scenario where in Errol Spence's mind he goes, I'm gonna carry Mikey Garcia when he tried to tear his head off in nine you know. <laughs> I think <laughs> you know, I I don't think so. Um I think what happened was is Mikey Garcia pulled out every trick in the book to survive yeah and did. you know he did. Muhammad Ali said it Muhammad Ali said it best one time he goes it's hard to beat a man when he doesn't want to be beaten you know and I think it they could apply in a different term here it's hard to knock out a guy when he's determined not to be knocked out and he's got the skills to avoid um you know the big punishment I think he was being touched in those rounds but, but Errol could not put together the definitive combinations and trap him in a spot where Mikey was stuck and couldn't move, and then thereby uh, Spence could have unloaded on him and maybe a referee stepping in or the corner throwing in the towel. Mikey never put himself in that position in those last few rounds. So I think it was more to do with Mikey and his um, tremendous defensive skills that kept him on his feet and uh, out of the knockout situation. I, I don't think it had anything to do with Errol Spence, to tell you the truth. I think Errol tried to knock him out, would have loved to have knocked him out, and would have loved to have been able to say he knocked him out. And there's no reason why a guy like Errol Spence, who's a knockout fighter, who, who knocks out almost everybody he fights, would want that on his record, uh, a decision. Yeah, Albeit a runaway unanimous decision, I know just as a coach, I want that knockout. You know, I want it bad, especially if we're if we're winning a fight that easily. I'm going, hey, there's no reason why we can't knock this guy out, and I'll you know put every you know step on the gas and put everything you got into knocking this guy out, trap him, pin him on the ropes, make the referee stop it. I've done that plenty of times, and I think Errol would have loved to have had that happen, but I, I just think Mikey was good enough to avoid it. You know, there are guys like that that can that can keep from getting knocked out even against a bigger stronger guy.
0: I think it's fair to say that right. that's how good he is. I mean, you know, he he Yeah. cuz you know, what I what I what I witnessed was with obviously their game plan was to push Spence back. And when they realized well that's not going to happen, you know, uh Mikey reverted on to being the count trying to be the counterpuncher. He tried to figure something else out, you know, which I don't think they really they were anticipating that they were going to have to pull out out, out of the back, you know, back hard. Um But yeah, I mean, it was definitely a cat chasing a mouse in that fight.
2: Yeah. Look, I mean, Robert tried a few tactics that, you know, the other night, you know, he tried a few tactics and none of it worked. And you could tell that the air came out of the balloon rather early in the fight around the fourth, fifth round. It became pretty apparent that, that um, it was going to be Errol's fight all the way, and it could even get dicier for Mikey as the fight went on. I think you could tell that by the by the it's um, just the body language and the instructions uh, in the in the corner of Garcia. I think they knew it was a fait accompli that Errol Spence was going to dominate this fight just by virtue of what we had seen for a few rounds. So you know, um, you know, they tried everything and nothing worked. And nothing could work because Errol Spence had answers for everything. He he showed himself to be a very intelligent fighter. And I, I tell you the truth, I think this is gonna really serve Errol Spence very well. I think it's a great learning experience for him. You know, he's still in his twenties. You know, he's right. he's still got a lot of years ahead of him. And um you know you know there's very few guys that can go from one thirty five and go uh and fight a top welterweight and beat him. I you know the last one I remember right. that 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 could do it and did it with a was you know Roberto Duran against Sugar Ray Leonard. Now that but that was a whole nother animal Roberto Duran. He he possessed something that very few fighters uh possess and right, that was right. just and he has, he, I mean he super,
0: established himself too before he even going against Sugar Ray as well. Pardon yeah. me. He what? Yeah, he had, he had yeah. a few fights at weight too. Yeah, right?
3: uh, before uh, before fighting Sugar Ray. Kind of well, it would. It's, it,
2: but it's, but I, I don't even know if that's entirely um, the 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 crux of it. I, I think you could prepare yourself any way you want. But when you fight Sugar Ray Leonard at forty-seven right. and you're a thirty-five pounder. I don't care if you had three three two and up fights against you know fighter X Y and Z. You're fighting Sugar Ray Leonard, one of the greatest fighters that ever laced them up, you know. Yeah, yeah. And then not only that, then he moved up to 154 a few years later and knocked out Davey Moore, who was just a giant. And man, he could fight. You look at that. You look at that Duran Moore fight. You go, wow. Any any junior middleweight in there, but Duran was just the supreme master puncher, boxer, general in that ring, man. There was nobody like him. And then he went up and he fought Marvin Hagler in 83 to a standstill of 15 rounds. It came down to the last round. And then then he went up to six years later in 1989 and beat Iran Barkley and dropped him at 160. I mean, come on. I mean, (laughs) that was a five foot seven Duran. Okay. Five seven. All right. He, so he didn't
3: retire until 2001.
2: right. You know, he had like 45 years in the ring, you know, but I mean, look, there, there's, we did not there, have he a horse. is. The, what? Yeah. Right. Right? right. It was a Shetland pony. It was a Shetland, but what, you know, Hey, it was a yeah, look. You know, I mean, there's just, there there's only one guy like Durant. There's never been anybody like him. I'm telling you this. Just yeah. no. that, just that string of what I just reeled off right there. There's, I, I can't think of one other person who could have pulled that off besides Durant. and you know and, he hit hard. He hit hard at 162. You know, it's incredible.
3: He'd probably would still be fighting. I think he got in that car wreck, and it, it, that's that's what retired him, not the ring. Uh, yeah, he's a very special. Yeah, well, very special. Yeah, he was.
2: Either. He was. And if I'm not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, did he not win some title at 68? I bet if you check your records, I I think he did. He lost to Pazianza, but he beat someone else at 68 for a title.
3: Let's see. Yeah, super middleweight. No, he lost to Ray Leonard.
2: Right, but he beat somebody at 68.
3: Yeah, I'm, like, looking at it now.
2: Uh, And? Vacant,
3: vacant. I'm not seeing him actually win a 68, but I know. I feel like you're right, though.
2: Well, he Yeah, yeah. Well, he had about a. You got a long way to look because he had a hundred and twenty yeah. for whatever You know. Yeah, but it was.
3: Oh, there it is. Even
2: if he. What? No,
3: no there's the, there's the Iran Barkley, and then the next fight is in a, is against Leonard after Barkley for the 168 pound title, and he lost that one.
2: Right, right, right. Yeah, I know that. That was their third fight. I was at that fight. I yeah, nicknamed I that fight. I nicknamed that fight one couldn't and one wouldn't.
3: <laughs> That's brutal. Let me ask you this. All
2: right, right.
3: Looking at the welterweights. Now, Dave wanted to ask you about this, really, the, 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 the overall. The, the, there's all these different universes now with the different streaming apps and the, the networks. Yeah. It, it, the fight everybody wants to see is is Crawford Spence Jr. You know Terence Crawford has the WBO. Everybody thinks mm-hmm. he's he's the guy. Uh, Errol Spence mm-hmm. is the IBF. But Spence is with Al Heyman, and in that Fox Showtime PBC universe, there's Sean Porter at mm-hmm. the WBC and Pacquiao and Thurman sharing the WBA title. Are there just too many fights for Errol Spence in his own universe mm-hmm. for us to even think about the Crawford fight?
2: Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I, 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 I've i thought about that and I got to tell you, uh, you know, um, <laughs> excuse me, Terrence Crawford is, um, a great fighter and it would be a great fight, but it's not the only great fight out there for Spence. And I had this discussion with somebody yesterday. I said, you know who I would really like to see, but he'd have to be at peak form. He was out for a while with injuries. He fought and he had <clears throat> he had a fair performance against Jose Zito Lopez and Keith Thurman. Keith Thurman at his best is a highly intelligent fighter in that ring, and he hits hard enough to get your respect at forty seven. Something that Mikey just didn't have he didn't have the he didn't have the power to get respect, and not that he's and 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 again Thurman's not that much bigger than Mikey in a in a in a sense, you know. Yeah, but he 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 is a stronger guy at that weight. I I like if Thurman in a hundred and ten percent shape, I would love to see that fight. I would love to see that fight because why? Because Kell Brook really see Kell Brook is a he's not a tall guy, but he's a strong guy, and he won that first half of that fight against Spence. And I think Thurman is just as intelligent, but I I, I think he's he's very strong as well. I, I would love to see that fight, um, Thurman and Spence, for something to you. This popped into my head. Um, now I think it's going to be Pacquiao for the looks of it, right? I mean, doesn't it look like it to you that they're going yeah. to go with Pacquiao? It, yeah. And I
3: mean, if I were
2: Spence, and
3: order. if I were Spence, hmm. Oh, just the did the same thing that Pacquiao did after Spence's last fight, and I thought that fight was next, and then this fight happened. But yeah, it looks like Pacquiao. Um, so, I'm sorry. Yeah, ahead.
2: and 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 that's a great fight for Pacquiao. In the terms of money, I think Spence. You know, I again, I think he'd be the favorite, and with good reason. Um, and it's going to be an incredible payday for Spence. So why wouldn't he want to get that up front right now and get it out of the way? Right. You know, put some good bank put some good bank in there. It's an intriguing fight, um, to a certain degree. I I would favor Spence, Um, you know, which I think will probably be the case uh, if you look at the lines that are going to go up on it. And and then everybody else can have the next shot at it. But I think Pacquiao's got X amount of time. He's got to fight somebody that can generate a real box office because that's why he's still around right now. And he'll give it his best shot. Pacquiao and I think it's a good fight for Spence for money and prestige and um, being the favorite so I think it's a win-win for Spence right now I really do uh, it's the most money he's going to make maybe it's going to be the most he'll ever make you know against Pacquiao right. you know, I don't know if he I don't know if he'll ever be able to make that type of payday again so I think it's a, it, it, it could be an interesting fight I would favor Spence like I said and it's gonna—it would be a big, big, big event. Let me tell you, if they got fifty thousand out there for Mikey Garcia and Spence, imagine what Pacquiao and Spence would do in that same arena. I mean, it would probably yeah. be seventy-five thousand people there. So Good question. Um, yeah, and then the 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 pay-per-view uh, revenue would be huge, huge, huge. Uh, I mean, you know, why not? Why not? You know, these guys got to make money too. You know, they're, they're They're going in there and they're, this is a very, very dangerous, brutal sport. This isn't baseball or football. This is boxing and guys get rendered unconscious and it's not good for you necessarily. You know what I mean? <laughs> and why, why, why not, why not capitalize on it when you can, because these opportunities to capitalize on something like this are rare and far and few between. And very few fighters get to reap this type of benefit. You know there's good money out there for champions, but the extraordinary type of money is rare. And if you have put yourself in a position to be able to capitalize on that, well then you know God bless you. you know go ahead and go for it. I, I can't blame you. And Absolutely. I, 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 on top of the fact that it could be a very intriguing fight.
3: Yeah, it could be. You know, they always, because,
2: you know, because because the 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 other thing I'm going to add to it is, is that Pacquiao is a southpaw, see, and that throws a certain wrench against the southpaw. Southpaws are geared; their whole gig is geared towards right-handers, see, and they're you know they thrive off. Of, they're they're used to them, and, and right-handers aren't used to southpaws. Conversely. But two southpaws in there, it, it, it opens up other opportunities for one or the other because it's a unique situation for them. They don't normally fight southpaw to southpaw, especially at this weight. So, when you, you know, that could be a little bit of a benefit to Pacquiao since he's got the experience factor. But, you know, all the other factors I think kind of lean towards, you know, Spence, youth, size, uh, speed even though Pacquiao's still pretty quick, you know? Uh, yeah, I, I think that gives uh, Pacquiao a little bit more of an edge than some of the, you know, regular right handers out there that would go against Spence.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think the rounds would be way more competitive. And I think that fans will finally get the KO that they were hoping to, that they were going to get on Saturday against like Pacquiao because Pacquiao will, will engage and, and not let off.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, he won't retreat. Yeah. yeah. Um,
0: let me ask you this,
2: and, 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 and let me throw this in before you go on to your next question, if I might. Um, the other thing is, is, Pacquiao has proven he can beat bigger guys. He's done it. He beat De La Hoya. He yes. beat um, Margarito. Um, you know, so he's beaten bigger guys. This is not, you know, it's not like he hasn't been in there with big guys. But go ahead. And, I'm i sorry.
3: I would say that he he's almost like probably fresher than say uh, a similar challenge, uh, not not the same stances, but Pernell Whitaker uh, fighting Felix Trinidad who had the same belt, actually, the IBF welterweight belt. I think that happened before the De fight. But kind of that, that aging champion, you want that experience if you're Errol Spence. You want to be in in the ring uh, with a guy like that, that, you know, hopefully get the big win. But Pacquiao coming into the PBC universe, like he's he's a valuable scalp for all those guys who are kind of looking for that flagship win, we, we, you know. Uh, Pacquiao, mm-hmm. Spence, mm-hmm. I, I, I'd watch. I'd totally – I love Southpaw oh, power punchers. That's for my sure. – that's my jam. So, uh, what's that say are, that again?
2: You like you, you like what? Southpaw power punchers. Oh yeah, South- yeah. Well, you know, I've I've had a few I've had a few left-handed champions, and believe me, I have an old saying: I love training them, I hate fighting them.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, they're, 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 they've,
2: they've got a they've got a they've got a thirty percent built-in advantage right off the rip, you know. Southpaws do.
3: My yeah. first trainer, uh, in Sacramento, uh, it was a, a guy, uh, th- at the Washington neighborhood center, Don Connolly, uh, who trained Tony Lopez, cool. uh, and, and Loretta Garza as well. And the first sure, one he I... asked me was, cool. was line up. And I naturally line up as a Southpaw and he's like, no, I'm, you know, flip around and refused to, he was like, just don't want to deal with Southpaw. Just no one likes Southpaws. We're, we're training you right-handed. He was very old school about it. Um,
2: yeah, well, there there was a day South Southpaws couldn't get fights.
3: Right. Yeah, that's what he. Yeah, that's what he said. It's just like, yeah, you mm-hmm. can't. Just no point in being one. Um, I, well, Dave, had, well
2: uh, it wasn't no. It wasn't no point in being one. Promoters, managers didn't want to put their fighters in against them. So yeah. most left-handers were forced to turn right-handed, like jolla
3: And Wiki Wright. You too, know Delahoye.
2: Right? What's that?
3: And Winky Wright as well, right?
2: Well, I mean, you know, quite possibly, I don't know, but but I know Delahoya was the southpaw, you know, right? And and um, you know, he he, that's why his left hook was so devastating, you know. But uh, yeah, back then, you know, it was hard to get fights. You rarely. I, I kind of grew up in the old Olympic uh, Auditorium era in the sixties. And you rarely saw southpaws, rarely, you know, they just didn't exist in a lot of ways. But um, again, they're, they're difficult to fight because it's a mere opposite image of what you normally see as a right-hander. And everything that comes from one direction comes from the other direction now, and it's just very confusing. And, uh, you know, when you go up against southpaws, even today, even though there are more southpaws than ever before, as a right-hander you spar with normally in the gym you spar with a lot of right-handers and left-handers spar with right-handers every day and so you know they they have right-handers down pat and you don't as a right-hander against a left-hander so if you are gonna fight a left-hander in a big fight you've got to really do a crash course you've got to bring in some left-handed sparring which is hard to get and then you gotta uh, have to learn in camp how to fight them if you haven't most. most people only have a couple southpaw fights on their record. If you have thirty, forty fights, you know? it's going to be a couple. That's Everyone true. else are right hand, yeah. you know. Hmm. So you've got to do you've got to do a crash course, you know. So if you're going to fight a good southpaw in a big fight, they're usually really good, and then on top of it, they're southpaws. Yeah, I mean you've got to really learn how to fight them in the gym uh, because you've hired them, not because you see them every day in the gym and spar with them. Right. You know. Yeah. So, so it's, it's, it's the, you go in with such a disadvantage. That's why I say love training them, hate fighting them because <laughs> most of my fighters are, most of my fighters are right-handed, you know, but I, me, I the left-handers I've had almost every left-hander I've had has become a world champion.
0: Let me, let me so ask you this, Joe, let me ask you this. This is my last question for you, Yeah. but uh, uh-huh. there there's a fighter that is making a comeback. That's been off for five years, Um, and when he left, he was having a really good run, uh, made tons of money, but now he's returning as a trainer. I wanted to ask you, Madonna, Madonna. I wanted to ask you, what do you what do you think about that? Is that something that you advise somebody that's been off the you know off off the radar for five years, has blown up, looks like a cruiserweight, but is talking about coming down as a welter? What is what is your thoughts? As a trend, if if, well, if you were up to that task, would you take that task?
2: Look, I mean, if you're a 22-year-old and now you're 26, 27, and, you know, you had made some great strides up to you were 22, 23-year-old, like I did with Frankie Doherty. Doherty retired at 22. I got him back at, uh, well, let's see, hold on, 20, maybe 20. Hold on, he got him back at 28. Um he probably retired at 23. He was out for four or five years, and I got him back and I got him to number one in the world, and then he fought for the world title against Bernardo Punango uh, in, in the mid 80s. Uh, so, uh, you know, as I look back on it, I go, wow, why did I even take that? That was, how did I even do that with him? Because it was, now as I look back on it, I go, I, I would never do that again. Jeez, that was, you know, we had to have 11, 12 comeback fights before we got back into the big time. But, I guess the point is with a guy like uh Maidana, you know, here's the thing. How old is he right now? 36? What is he? 35? 36. How old is he? He's 35. 36. Okay. Okay. He's 36. He retired at 31. Man, you know, it's it's one thing if you're a big big guy, if you're a heavyweight, but if you're, you know, guys in the, you know, if you're a guy in those middle divisions, you know that's still a speed that's still a speedy division and a uh, and it's i'll tell you it it's tough to do and then i'd have to know why he wants to come back i mean if it's a money issue boy that's the wrong reason you know and then you know it, it it's it's hard to get somebody it's hard to recapture your youth when you're 36 years old i can say that if you're in your 20s and you make that move you got a fighting chance and in your 30s your mid 30s it's tough. I'm gonna to say that's that would be a very, very hard call for me. Now, he was an exceptional athlete, exceptional puncher. Um, and um he, you know, had some great, great fights out there and he's a memorable fighter. So that might be a maybe some rationale you could use to make that happen, you know, the comeback. But I'll tell you it's it's very tenuous for me. I would have a hard I would that would take a lot of thinking. You know, on on the face of things, I'd probably say I I wouldn't encourage it. Right. But who am I to tell a man? Who am I to tell a man he can't work if he wants to? You know.
0: Exactly. Yeah. No. So, I
2: agree with so you. Somebody, so somebody, some somebody, somebody will probably um, take that job, and you know, I I wouldn't blame them if they did because I'm sure somebody will use him, and if he gets back into shape and shows that he he can recapture some of that you know uh style that he had and the vigor in the ring well then maybe it you know he could prove everyone wrong but on the face of things that's a tough 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 pull right there Tough.
0: you think it's equally as dangerous i mean obviously mikey garcia he already got his taste as welterweight and i'm i'm believe i believe he's gonna go back down to where he was more you know uh more dominant at to as a lightweight do you think it's Equally as dangerous, I mean, because he bulked up a lot for this fight, you
2: know. Um, that was a one-time thing. It was a one-time thing. And he, mm-hmm. he didn't bulk up too much. Well, what did he weigh in on that second weigh-in when they do that weigh-in? How much did he go up? One, How many one pounds? Two. Yeah, one, I think it was
0: 152.
3: Uh, what was it? Like
2: 152. Okay, one, okay one it, that's not really bulky enough, okay. That, that's probably – he probably walks around heavier than that, uh, you know, uh, in mm-hmm. his off, uh, off time when he's vacationing. So, I mean, you know, if he were to fight at 140, which I think is suitable for him, I mean, you're talking 12 pounds. Um, mm, you know, right. that's not a big deal. You know, that's not a big deal. I say, oh, guys, like, you know, they, you can, they, you can, you probably carry around five pounds of water weight on you every day anyway, you know?
3: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you put on so, like, like three know. pounds or lose weight, I think, overnight, right? But I mean, yeah, it, sure. it's. Sure. He he, uh, he just didn't make, go through the debate the, the making. No, no, the no. The the
2: the, the problem comes. The problem comes in where you know, you know, when you start talking about doing damage to your system is when you really balloon up, and then you really take you know thirty, forty pounds up. And then you balloon up. Now you start messing with the system there, and it's that's a lot more damaging. He just went yeah. up. He went up. You know. Basically, you know, from the, from the being a hundred and forty pound champion, he went up, uh, you know, seven pounds to welterweight, and then twelve pounds after his food and drink. You know, that that's nothing. Right. That's nothing. He could lose. He could lose that in in three weeks. You know. Yeah. So, uh, and, and then he was, you know, probably he was probably taking supplements and power drinks and all that. You know, you lay off all of that stuff. You go back to the natural. You know, just your regular diet. And you start getting in the hot gym, doing your running, taper down. He would probably fight at 35, 40 again easily.
3: You're not lifting heavy not, weights anymore and doing Olympic power lifts or whatever. Right,
2: yeah. right, all that stuff, all that stuff. That you know, you know, that was a, you know, that was a, uh, you know, that was a temporary, uh, a temporary look for Mikey. You know, that's not something that, you know, he's gonna. I think you know, continue the down that path. Of bulking up, you know, and doing that, I think he's going to, like you said, go back down to forty, thirty-five, which I think he can make rather easily. Forty for sure, thirty-five most likely, but um, and that's where he belongs. He, that's the right, he's the right height and size for it, you know. His his, his physique is not is not a big frame. He just doesn't have a big frame. Well, and there you have it.
3: Joe, it's been great, man. You've been you gave us so much time, and uh, it's such a valuable commodity. And uh, you educated, and I uh, just I love your point of view. I, I'm really enjoying you and Lennox. Uh, I think it's a great dynamic having a fighter and a trainer right next to him, and that uh, two people that are just the hall of famers uh, that that, oh, that bring so much experience. Thank you. It, it, It's really nice, man. You guys, it, you're gelling. It's really cool stuff.
2: Thank you're you, welcome. thank you. Yeah, we're just getting we're just getting going. We got a lot of shows ahead of us. Sure. And um and and Lennox um and and myself were both in you know, a lot more comfortable as the as the show goes by. And um and I I, I really appreciate Lennox. Look, he was one of the great champions. So I say what you want. Lennox Lewis dominated the heavyweight division for, for a decade. And I mean, you know, that that uh, you know, that's an impossible thing. Try doing that. I mean, you know, it's <laughs> it's it's impossible. And and he's, our link and to he's Emanuel, such a great too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Look, I loved Manny. He was the best. Let me tell you, he was a fun guy and Manny was highly intelligent, high IQ. He was just a great guy. He was pleasant to be around, always smiling, always joking. He was one of a kind. You'll never see another guy like Manny. I can tell you that. And how many great champions did he, how many great champions did he bring to the table? You know, so, you know, Manny Stewart. And, and I even, I even asked, I said, I said, Did I said, was Manny a great trainer? He goes, oh, man, he was the best. So, you know, I just two nights ago, I asked him about Manny. It's funny. I, huh. I, I already knew the answer. I just wanted to hear Lennox say it, you know, what he really <laughs> had to say. <laughs> and, 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 and Lennox, let me tell you something. I get along really, really well with him. And, and um, uh, we, we spent a lot of time together when we're on the road. Um, because he is a fighter and I'm a trainer. I know how to talk turkey with him. You know what I mean? Yeah,
3: um, no. It translates. It, it translates. So, yeah.
2: Yeah. I I I I'm comfortable around fighter, that's for sure. And and he's comfortable around boxing trainers and so we get along great and I just think he's he's really gonna I think I think when everything's said and done, Lennox will really be uh, masterful at what he's doing right now, just like he mastered, you know, boxing. Um you know, let's face it, Lennox has always been a very, you know, kind of shy, soft spoken guy. I think he's come out of his shell a lot since the first show and um you know, it does. It's not hard to get me to talk. That's for sure. Uh, but, um, but you <laughs> to know, come out of the blanket, so you uh, you're right to come out of the blanket. And and, and I think Lennox um, Lennox is really enjoying himself now. See, and um, and, and um, yeah, I, we're getting a lot of feedback, and I, I can't wait to work with him again. I just think he's he's very knowledgeable. You know, uh, about the sport. He he he's been in it. He won a gold medal you know, he, he controlled the heavyweight division for 10 years. This guy knows boxing. So he
3: sparred young, Tyson, you know, I, you know and then he beat old Tyson, you know, it, it's yeah. It, now, yeah. He was on yeah. Joe Rogan recently and he seems much more comfortable in front of the camera and talking now more than ever. And
2: yeah, so I, yeah, yeah. I'm looking
3: forward to it. I mean, you guys have a lot of good fights to call, uh, coming up.
2: Yes. Good yeah. Yeah. I can't, I, I yeah. can't wait. I really, I really, I really love doing it. I, I, um, you know, I, it's funny because I I love you know when I'm watching a fight, whether it's on TV or in person, I'm always breaking it down in my mind or verbally. If somebody's sitting around, I can chew their ear off. So, you know this you know this is something I really like to do, and and I'm thankful that I got the job with Fox. Believe you me, I'm really thankful for it. So because awesome. there's there's a lot of great a lot of great voices and minds out there, and I'm I'm thankful to get it.
3: Well, we'll reach back out to you, man, as uh, as the year moves on and as we get closer to fights, we'd love to to hear your take. That'd be great. Yeah.
2: Well, I anytime you know you caught call, you called me today and asked me to do the show and I jumped on it, gave you know and David, I'm always willing to do it because uh, you know I love the sport and I love the fact that you guys love it as much as I do. You're just in a in a in a different department, as they say. And um, exactly. you know we 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 all try we all try to make it better and. And I love it, and I'm going to do it till you know, somebody, uh, you know, yanks the chain on me. But <laughs> so I, I love going to the gym, and I love going to the fights, and I love calling the fights. And I hope I can continue to do it for a number of years. We'll see, you know.
0: Well, we look forward to seeing you, man, and hearing you all the time.
2: All right. Well, listen, call me any time, you guys, and continue to success. And uh, I hope to run into you guys soon at one of these uh, events, all right?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: All right, Gabe, David, I'm going to get back to the last couple of innings and watch my grandson hit a home run out here in left field where I'm sitting right now.
0: There you go, man. All right, man. Enjoy the rest of your day. We <laughs> <Really> appreciate it. <laughs> Take care, Joe.
2: Thank you. See you guys.
0: There you go. The great Joe Goosen on leaving the ring. A lot of, I mean,
2: he's a great guest,
0: you know, um, how do you, you can't argue with a Hall of Famer? First off, you can't argue with a legendary uh, trainer. Um, has he been? He hasn't been inducted, has he, to the Hall of Fame? Because he should. He hasn't been, but he will be. Yeah, he. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, the, I, I mean, I mean, I don't. I think it's safe to say to call him a Hall of Fame trainer already, because I mean, he's got a lot of champions under his belt. Um, he
3: might be in the Southern California Hall of Fame. I'd have to check, you know, because there's, yeah, you know, or the you know the California Hall of Fame. Um, as we're, hey, let's take some callers. Well, you know, uh, some people dropped off during or after that, but, you know, we got 45 minutes to go. Uh, I mean, he i like to say that he agreed with my take. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: that's why I said you uh, can't argue can with say. them, man. I mean, he, he, he's got a much more keen eye than than, you know, than um, the fans that are sitting back and watching. And you know, to anybody, you can't argue with somebody that's been you there, That's made this, these, though, made tough decisions while, oh, while yeah. in a fight. You know, so uh,
2: you
3: know, though I, I think that that we would get more out of Errol Spence if he fought more than he has. You know, and I think more people would be buzzing about it.
0: You know, um, but there's something that that he said though that that I was like, you know, and I didn't look at it at that that angle, which is. He got more out of fighting Garcia because one thing about Garcia is is he is an intelligent fighter, and that quote that he used about uh, that Ali said, you know, it's hard to beat a man that doesn't want to get beaten. Um, yeah. So I, I think with Spence Jr. walking away from this fight, I know some fans are not gonna, you know, they don't they're not gonna agree or they are gonna agree or they're or hopefully change their mind. But it's, you know, fight fans are very stubborn, but um. I think that he learned a lot in terms of of he he had basically had a guy that retreated and he had to mix it up in, in, in other aspects. He had to like do a little something different, um, which an eye like Joe Goosen caught right away. And you know, and that's what I'm saying, you know, he has a much more keen eye than we we, we do because he's worked with fighters for God for for decades, and he's been surrounded by fighters, you know his family, so he has much more much more of an educated eye than I think you put him in the room with a bunch of us trust me he's he's Einstein <laughs> right, so how do you argue with him
2: I am
3: there, hello okay. yes. Uh, you ready? You callers?
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's pass in the caller. Here on Leave It I me uh, call in 347 5, 5, Let's talk some boxing here on Leave It I mean, We just had Joe Goosen. If you missed the interview, you can catch it back uh, a little later on today when it goes up on uh, Blocktop, uh, What is it? Audio Boom, Spotify, and Podbean. And we're up on YouTube. Yeah.
3: Wherever so, you get your, uh, your, your podcast, probably the podcast app, uh, all of it. We're everywhere now. That's kind of crazy. Uh, how connected we actually are. Seven eight seven. You're live on Leave It in the Ring.
1: Yo, what up? What's up? What's what up? up, Rob? Hey. <laughs> that beating Mikey <laughs> took gave me a headache. <laughs> <laughs> oh
2: man. <laughs> oh man. Look, <laughs> like, I don't know I about anybody else, off, but I needed to figure
1: right right stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I was. I just felt. I just felt like watching that. Like watching Mikey like look like he's moving through mud, and Errol Spence just kind of gave Mikey the driver's seat and was okay with wherever the, wherever Mikey took the fight. It was kind of like, you know, it it just showed how much control and and I don't think Mikey was prepared for for that style that Arrow brought out. I think he was prepared for a more aggressive. Um, I think yeah. that's why he went with that build that he had that you guys commented on earlier. I think he was ready to fight in the pocket because. I guess he just might have thought he couldn't resist it. That's
3: also what happened when the whole when uh, when we Mexicans lift weights, we just get thick like that. <laughs> <And it> just, <laughs> I don't know. Were they working on? I, I just didn't, yeah, I didn't man, like... see the 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 body match the game plan. Well, maybe I, I I haven't watched it twice yet. I, I need to. I'm trying to figure out what his plan was. Like besides, man, I didn't
1: want to
0: watch
1: it once <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was tough it was yeah, after was, the six
0: mean, after honestly, the sixth round, I was just like, all right, man, something's gotta happen, like Mikey, come on, man, do something, you know <laughs> after the fourth stuff. dude, after the fourth, yeah.
3: I was like, uh, this could enter enter into like um." yori boy compass felix trinidad territory i'm like is that is that the kind of puncher that spence is you know is it going to end up like that where Mikey's just won't go off his feet but it's just absorbing punishment uh and it was i mean it went 12 rounds and that 10th round i'd have been fine if his corner said you know we don't we took the challenge but you know there's no reason we know we're not going to make it to the summit you know we're not going to want to get out the deal, though
0: they didn't yeah. they, they, you know i, what? I, I they didn't want honestly, to end up on memes and stuff you know
1: <laughs> I, I think honestly, yeah, yeah, like I think that actually holds some truth because you got to remember there was a lot of talk of Mikey fighting Lomachenko after this fight, regardless of winning or losing. And I think that they just didn't want to throw the towel in because that wouldn't have bolded so well for the promotion of the Lomachenko fight. Whereas right now you can kind of say, well, he went the distance with Errol. You know, so he could be, you know, he didn't get stopped. And, you know, you can kind of like look at it like at a face value of that. But I I just didn't, I, I, like, I found myself asking, like, what was, what were the game plans? And I feel like a lot of fighters these days aren't like the older fighters where older fighters had, they had a game plan they were trying to get to and they were trying to condition you to fit that, to fit that plan. And if I it didn't think, work out that way, they had backup plans. But yeah, I just didn't see yeah. it in Mikey. He kind of just sat there. Like, he you kind know, of just sat there know, and took it. You know, Rob,
0: I think they had a game plan, and that game plan was to get in that, that inside. But, you, you know, it's one – you got to remember, they're, they're using bigger gloves in training camp. They're bringing in sparring partners that, that are they are trying to mimic whatever style they think they're going to face. And they got headgear. Well, all that changes though on fight night, and I think when you finally feel that punch from the bigger guy, that it, it changes everything. Um, because Mikey was kind of—I re- mean, he was reluctant, you know. Um, he did—he yeah. did, he he did try to traitor. make things work. Yeah, he—you know what I mean. And and he would throw the the the, the left hook. But you notice he never finished it with anything. Like, he didn't want to stay there long enough to see if he could, you know, slide in a straight right or anything like that. He threw the left hook while he was trying to back away because he didn't want to get caught yeah. what Spence was going to throw. So, you know, um, I mean, his face was pretty marked up. And, I, you know, I had told Gail before we got on the air, I said – um. Hey man, I told you that that he it was gonna he was gonna really uh, stop Spence from throwing body shots, and the reason was because he you know he he never decided to trade with them. He backed up, you know, he retreated the whole time. So that's why Spence really didn't throw a lot of body shots.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think it was also that he was just so easy to hit to the head, too. Like, yeah. I, like I don't think a lot of guys are like. And if you if you're confident if you're confident in your cardio. Most guys who are confident in the cardio aren't going to take the body over easy headshots all day because it's just concussive impact is just not – they're just going to take that all the time. But I don't, I don't know where – like, the Crawford fight is interesting for Sparrow next, but um, it's with Maidana coming table. back – Yeah, with Maidana coming back, I honestly – I I wholeheartedly believe we're going to see Keith Thurman fight Maidana long Mm -hmm. before we see Spence and Crawford get in the ring. Like, I or or Thurman and anybody.
3: Joe's answer to my question said everything. And I'm not, you know, uh, uh, denigrating Joe, but I asked him about that fight, and he didn't even – he just said, let's talk about the Pacquiao fight. Um, And that tells you all you need to know. Like, there's so many fights for Earl Spence within the PBC universe, you know. They didn't talk about Errol Spence on that broadcast or uh, Terrence Crawford on that broadcast because they don't need to. It's not a brand they're yeah, selling. It, it, they're not it, selling it's... boxing. They're selling you the PBC. And, uh-huh. you know, like, well, like the UFC, they're, they're trying to make it so that you got to be in there if you want to be. Well, that's a big, you know, we'll see what the numbers are. It should have been on Fox, that fight. I just think that's the smarter play. Yeah. But they also got to get paid whatever they were getting paid. But somebody's got to work something yeah, these out. These guys are
1: or... selling you experiences. Like it's like they're trying to. It's like they theme parks, you know. Like they're trying to sell you an experience. The Zone, ESPN, Fox. All these guys are like trying to just promote a brand instead of this. And they forget that it's a sport. You know, these fights have to happen in order for the sport to ultimately thrive. Um, you let it sit too long, and the wars are gonna dry up. So. But this. I, I mean, don't know.
3: honestly, I've been doing. Podcasting. I've been writing since, or, you know, I haven't written in a long time. It's now kind of catching up with each other. The amount of time I've brought a podcast and been a writer it's like since 2006. Um, it's hard to cover it all. Even being a guy that who's been, been a job, you know? four different sanctioning bodies with four different rankings. And then you got like groups like the transnational ratings board that have their own rankings and the ring has their rankings. And so does fight news and ESP. Well, actually fight news just compiles, but uh, ESPN has their own, you know, whatever. Um, it's a lot to cover. And like, you know, why are fights happening? Like you never really know anymore. Uh, you hope that that, that Pacquiao Spence is where they're going and that the PBC is going, all right, we're going to do storylines. And this is the way to find out whether they're happening is, is this, you know, buy the pay-per-view I, I don't know. I just I wish we were headed towards the league. I know we always kind of come back to that. It just seems like a smarter way for it all to work. I probably should have asked Joe about that. I just didn't know how much time we had him for, and you know. Uh, but uh, yeah, we'll get to it in the future, I, I don't think that that's you know. He's an announcer with you know uh, is a great position. I don't know. You know, asking him like political questions is really the thing. You know, like you know. But anyways, otherwise. Is there anything else on your mind, Rob? How's the island
1: right now? Um. Uh, well, I mean, I'm leaving soon. I'm gonna. I'm heading and moving to Florida by the end of the year. But it's good now. I mean, it's just getting hot because the summertime's nearing.
3: But in terms of recovery, how is it? Uh,
1: oh is it yeah. Just... I, mean, I mean, my area. My area was. I mean, I kind of went out during the storm, like when it was still passing over the island, but it was when the eye had already passed over my area. And yeah. I recorded a lot of it, but it, the damage was mostly hardest in like the mountainous villages and stuff like that. Uh, around my area, we recovered and we could sustain fairly decently. I think I I was out I was without electricity for like six months, maybe something like that. Oh wow! It wasn't that. It wasn't that bad. I mean, I didn't care. Whatever. I just got fat.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's funny Oh man Right on Rob I was on my okay, Madonna brother... stuff Huh?
1: I was on my Madonna stuff my You were Madonna on
0: the Ma- diet. Ma- Ma- Madonna diet <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, Let me man. ask you this right, You know right. you're
3: obviously a hardcore boxing fan Because you're calling into this show um, You know This weekend We got like Thursday March 21st We've got the Avalon show, Mercito Hesta, you know, in Hollywood versus uh, Juan Antonio Rodriguez. You know, there's a fight in support. Then Saturday night, ESPN, it's got that fight you've been dying for at the hangar in Costa Mesa, California, Kuba (laughs) Pulev versus Bogdan Dinu, heavyweights, Jesse Magdaleno, Rico Ramos, which is actually going to be a a good scrap and a couple other bouts. Uh, And then also in London, uh, you're going to have, I think this is maybe Dezone. Uh, basically, yeah, and then you've got Fox Sports One. There's also another card. Uh, it's just like nonstop boxing. Do you watch all that as boxing fans, or do you pick and choose? Because you got Lamont Peterson versus Sergey Lipinets on Sunday, which might actually be the, the fight of the week I think that's going to
0: be the the, the the fight of the week, in my opinion. That's the fight that I want to I'm going to tune in to watch live. The other ones, it's just to me, it's DVR stuff. But, but
3: what do they Rob, what do they think we do?
0: <laughs> I mean,
1: I don't. I mean, who's gonna watch all that? <laughs> it's overwhelming when like all the, all these like different um, promoters and different like companies broadcast at the same exact time. But if there's like a if there's a card in the UK which usually comes on midday, n- noon my time, I'll watch it regardless of who's fighting. And if it if there's another card at midnight, I'll watch that too. Hmm. but um, mostly I just try to keep on, like, prospects that are about to peak because I realize nice. that boxing has, like, peak points now. So I just try to keep right. prospects that peak. Sometimes I lose track of and I just find out that they lost, like, three fights in a row randomly, and I'm just like, whoa. But, yeah.
3: Yeah, I've always been kind of a welterweight to uh, – actually, I do like the, the lightweights, but I, I really welterweight – I try to keep uh, watching divisions. That's how I've kind of narrowed it down, like, you know, welterweight, middleweight been my traditional think, think it's, uh, but you know as a writer it's like uh, really it was like who's not covering who that week you know Steve would always get first pick uh, or he just had his certain guys and, and then you kind of get the rest of the week and that was kind of how my interest was, was uh, going for a while plus with Dave you know like whoever Dave would decide would be a guest or who we'd decide would be a guest that's kind of how it gets skewed yeah. But anyway, yeah I'm
1: watching Heavyweight right now pretty close Heavyweight is is for me it's like hot. <laughs> yeah, it, this is the best it's been in years, so I'm just gonna soak it up all the all the time. Right. So.
3: Who do you like of, of the younger guys?
1: Um, there uh is Anthony Yards heavyweight, right? Or is that how you pronounce the name? No, I thought he's light Jorday? heavyweight. Jorday. He's a light. Okay, light heavyweight.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's a, okay. He's well,
1: a there's that there's that on the that British guy that just I think he just got a unanimous decision over the Verne.
0: Oh, uh,
1: Joe Joyce. Yeah, Joe Joyce. That's his name. That's that guy. Yeah, uh-huh. his, his last name is always always throws me off. I like him a lot. Um, I like the way they're moving him too. Like uh, they they're looking to really step him up. They know what he's what he's capable of. They're confident in him. I like seeing that in fighters today. So um, some guys like that. Um, Britain just has huh? a lot of the, the UK just has a lot of fighters. You now that are coming the up in the heavyweight cat, division that are
3: interesting. Um, uh, Daniel Dubois. I like him.
1: Yeah, Dubois.
3: Yeah, like yeah, a scary
1: knockout, like a, like last year, I think, too. Early last yeah. year, he had that scary knockout with that guy. Yeah. And
3: Effie really you good. want to see scary knockouts, uh, Effie Ajagba, that guy, Nigerian, uh, they're both 6'5. I just think that's, that could be, uh, that matchup down the line could be fire, but uh, they're going to be a problem for people. Uh, but they've, you know, they're like at 10 fights. But those are those are my yeah. two guys that I'm, I'm 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 pegging for for danger later. But uh, well, cool man, thanks for uh, for checking in with us. You got any picks this weekend? Yeah, yeah.
1: Anything? Uh, no, I'm probably, I'm probably just gonna peek into the Lamont Peterson fight just to see where he's at and see if he's gonna move on or maybe call it. But um, that's about it. But it was fun. it was fun talking to you guys again. So I'll I'll just keep listening to the show, see what the other girls got to say. All right, brother. And, uh, All
3: right. Good interview, too. Cool. Yeah, man. Thank you. Yeah, Thank Joe you. is just the best. All right, man. Peace. Uh, let's go five. I mean, what? What'd you say?
0: I was going to say, you know, for the heavyweight division, man, what I'm waiting for to see is another Joe Macy, you know, um, Messi. <laughs> Baby Joe I'm Macy kidding. Is that your guy? Yeah, Macy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't. But, you know, for a guy that was, you know, who's short statured, had a big punch, was reckless. Didn't box very well. I mean, he he made up some good fights, you know. There were some exciting fights, you know. Yeah, it uh, was unfortunate. He thought he what was happen- going
3: to be, the, like, the next Tommy Morrison. And Dude,
0: he thought he was, was like- going to be the, ro- the next Rocky Marciano. That's what he was hoping for, you know. <laughs>
3: yeah, he, he, had, he thought it was going to be King Kong. Ended up more like Mighty Joe Young, you know. Uh, uh, <laughs> so, uh, really quick, one-
0: I, I was going to say, that? before we pass another caller here, just for the tweets uh, <laughs> that were asked of us uh, or, or comments, uh, azteca six oh six oh four question. What was better for Mikey, the one minute in the second round where he got in some shots, or the ring walk with the dancers and the live banda? What, what was what was what was better for you there, Gabriel?
3: Wow, that's 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 mean, man. Um, <laughs> I'm trying not to be cynical about the fight, but you know, I just kind of was like, you know, maybe it's just turning it too much into a Rocky movie, but if you're like, you know, like Rocky, you know, your whole body's shot. So let's build some hurting bombs, you know, and they design a program around it or he's in Russia. So here's, you know, here's a barn that you're going to train in. And are like, all right, fine. And he starts lifting logs and running up mountains and, uh, and his fight kind of reflects those things, you know, training with Apollo. Uh, they, they, you know, I think, I think they came out to LA or whatever, um, running on the beach and all that. And his fight reflects that. What was Mikey's, you know, training montage like? Hmm. Because like, you know, yeah. Because his fight, like his body, like, what was what was the game plan? Like, what what did what was what were they trying to accomplish?
0: Uh, They were were trying to accomplish exactly what you were saying was, you know, and I think you were thinking of uh, Rocky. Rocky Six when he was going to fight Antonio Tarver remember you know your, yeah, your yeah. bones are, are hurting you got arthritis in your bones now so we need some some yeah. some crunching big hits the and these
3: the shot your elbows have got arthritis <laughs> yeah yeah your, your wrists you got
0: yellow on your teeth
3: but um, calcified
0: <laughs> I like both let me just to answer his question really quick I like both the banda and the second round so you know I'm not uh, I'm not <laughs> handling neither one of them tough, but yeah, they both took easy. me back. Yeah, to, uh, yeah, boxing ain't easy. Tweeted out. He said, "We all knew the outcome of this fight, but Spence won by boxing. Uh, that jab to the head and body is lethal. Lethal. The fight did not produce the best pound for pound in my opinion. Uh, garbage undercard. I agree with you. Um, both of your your um, your outlook of a fight. Um, the jab was was the it factor. It was the star of the main main event. Um, but you're right. I don't produced a pound for pound uh where some folks are trying to know sell you know sell you know sell it to us um but but it did produce that that spence is a lot smarter than we thought i think he matured a lot more for this fight um you were expecting him to make some kind of youthful mistakes and he didn't he stayed to a game plan he had a game plan which mikey and them didn't really seem to have and i agree with you on the undercard it wasn't very good It wasn't entertaining even though um Chris the Nightmare, who I've always been a fan of, uh, he went out there and he did beat an undefeated fighter that – I don't even know who he was, Pierre. Um, so that was, that was okay. Uh, let, me, let me read out another tweet really quick before we – Let me throw through. this at you, though. Go for it. You know,
3: but My, Mikey and, and, and Spence, and pound for pound. and um, Again, like look at Mikey, you know, he unified with Robert Easter, but he didn't – you know, the, 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 there's still the rest of the division to be reckoned with at 135. Um, He's got belts at, what, you know, 126 as well I have to, you know, and uh, Did he ever unify, though? You know? Um, and I find that to be more exciting More uh, a show of substance Because I say this because it's like This fight was the first time that Both guys had Well, the first time that Mikey Was not favored to win in a fight Right?
0: hmm You're right.
3: Uh Errol still has been favored in every fight that he's been in. Maybe the Kel Brook fight was, was close, you know, even odds. I thought he was the favorite in it. Um But you know, maybe that's the, the one fight, you know, that's his test uh fight for Spence. But that's it, you know. Can't really it's like when you look at I'm looking at the 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 rings pound for pound top ten. Vassil Lomachenko is one, Terrence Crawford's two, Canelo's three, Usyk is four, Spence is five, Triple G is six, Anui uh, is seven, uh, Sorongasai is eight, Mike Garcia is nine, and Donnie Nietes is ten. How sure. many of those guys have won fights that they weren't supposed to win? That's, well,
0: I, if anybody, I I, I don't know. You, I'm not really a big pound for pound guy, because I think it's just. But you know what I mean? Like, I'm just right, asking, right. What's our standard but, for greatness but, at this point? But out of all of them, I, I, me personally, the one that really does belong there, that in my opinion would be Usyk. You know, um, I don't think a lot of guys thought he was going to win that super that super series. Um, he was going, he was going in with uh, Breedis, who was a big puncher, so. But I, I completely agree with you, and I think that's why it's so easy to tear down the pound-for-pound pound list, and it's so easy to pick at it and and, and throw throw the criticism, you know. Um, to me, the pound-for-pound pound list has become a popularity contest, you know. It's like who gets – you know, uh, the, they're looking at the numbers. Like we got a guy right now asking Mike to, um 222. Information on total number of pay per view buys. I'm not a I'm not a, a number guy. I don't really don't pay attention to that. And, I, and to tell you the truth, I don't, I don't even think the numbers are out. It's too early, too soon right now for those numbers to be tallied. Are up. they going to have to
3: release those numbers? I don't know. It's the, it's,
0: yeah, and that's another know. thing. They really sometimes don't. If they do really poor, the promoters. I'll, kind I'll tell of you this right now.
3: It. You know, I'm not a beat reporter anymore. No one. You know, I'll be surprised if someone calls me and says, Hey. <laughs>
0: guess what the yeah.
3: pay-per-view numbers are. Uh you know, maybe some anti-doping stuff. Like if you follow my Twitter, there was like a, a, several stories going about Vada that we, you know, uh, did we touch on them this last week or maybe we forgot to but uh we forgot. Um, right. Yeah, that's all right. Uh still don't really know. Well, anyways, we'll just move on. But uh but that's do break those. But uh all, you know, the pay-per-view numbers, I, that was never my thing anyway. So, yeah. Uh I, I, you know, uh, maybe Kevin Ioli will break it uh, on his Instagram.
0: This is interesting. Uh, I'll tell you this. I, I tweeted out, who do you want Spence Jr. to fight next? And, I mean, it, I, it was like, what, a couple, about an hour or so, no more, more, two hours ago. Um, but Pacquiao, Porter, and Thurman are 11% of the pick, and 67% is still Crawford. You know, people want to see that. Spence cross the street or or Crawford, you know, cross that street to face each other, you know? I mean it's still the hot commodity fight for fans that want to tune in and watch. You know well,
3: I, everybody wants him to fight Thurman. You know, they've got that beef, but I don't think Keith wants it next.
0: I don't um, think Spence
3: so would want it. I think Spence would go Pacquiao next.
0: You know? All Keith- the signs all point to Pacquiao as, yeah. as Gusin has had mentioned, you know I mean he, even said, the, he was like, Hey Manny, come back here.
3: <laughs> right. <laughs> like he made he he made he called his shot, you know. Um yeah. and, and Manny's like, kid. sure, why not? Right. You know? That's you can't Manny. Blame the kid.
0: Yeah. You really really can't even blame him because like I said, he's a living legend and he brings huge numbers and Manny's always been that guy that's that's willing us, you know. Go for that greatness, you know. I mean, Manny can retire, and and there's no argument on that. There's not going to be no qualm about him retiring, because he fought all the who's and wins of his of his time, and like Goosen said, is like, hey, it's the dream of a kid to make these these quadruple. Amount of bundle of money that goes in your bank account You know, you, 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 you dream of the title But you also dream of the, the, the large amount of money And where are you going to get that And it'd probably be the highest pay for him, right? It's going to be the biggest pay for him So yeah, you're going to go after Manny And then you're going to hold off And I think that's what Thurman's at too, man Think about it I mean, I don't, Thurman's not rushing to face Spence I think he's trying to, you know Well, yeah You know, Errol Spence
3: He's got the IBF Number one and two is not even rated right now Number three is Jesse Farkas, who's busy. Number four is Kuchatio Abdukak, Abdu, Yeah. <laughs> dude, you say that
2: name.
0: Look looking up. No, you say
2: that name. I'm not going to even saying.
0: accept that, man. No, you you sound, sound like the rooster of, that's here you know. in the backyard in my house, by my house. The <laughs> like, neighbor, dude, has a rooster. <laughs> I'm <a> like, <laughs> right? I don't know if you guys can hear him, but this, this, Freaking rooster doesn't know that you're only supposed to Crow in the morning, you know, you know, do, you know, roost In the morning, man, but the bastard does it All freaking day, Scared the shit Out of my compadre that came over this weekend My compadre thought that somebody was yelling In the backyard, dude, he freaked out And he's like, dude, why in the hell He goes, why in the hell did you move Out here to the sticks, bro, this is, this is Freaking crazy, you got a rooster, like a live rooster Right there, it's hilarious, man Yeah, I mean, I think,
3: you know, maybe I don't think there's there should be a mandatory due, but there, there apparently isn't. There's, you know, um, so yeah, I think Manny Pacquiao makes the most sense. Unless the WBA wants Thurman and Pacquiao to settle there, we've got the same belt problem. But you know, we'll see. We'll probably know
0: in a, you know, in a month or so. Uh, I'll read about it somewhere. Hmm. Pat's in a <laughs> caller here on leaving a ring. Fight fans, we're calling three four seven two one five seven five nine eight.
3: 510, you're live on Leaving in the Ring.
4: Hey, Gabe. Hey, Dave. It's Randall over in Richmond. How you guys doing? What's, what's up, up, man? What's up? Yeah, man what's up, what's up? Um man. Uh, sorry for your loss, Dave, first of all, man. I, 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 hey, I, brother. Uh, thank you, man. Thank you. Appreciate yeah, man. It, man. no doubt. I, I didn't know how that feels, man. I'm sorry about that. My, my uncle, too, man. Yeah. My uncle's one got me into boxing, too, man. Like, not my dad, my uncle, man. My uncle, too, right? Like, for me, for boxing with my uncle, also, man. It's a tradition,
0: you know what I mean? It's, 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 you know, it's, it passes on your kids, you know, especially for, for, for raza, you know, Mexicanos that, you know, you, it's a bond. That was the way I bonded with my uncle and my grandfather, um, and all my other uncles and cousins and stuff, you know. But yeah, it's been a little tough, man, you know, I just, like I said, we buried my grandfather, you know, not that long ago, and now we're going to be doing the same for my Mm -hmm. uncle. But, you know, um, they were both suffering, so I'm 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 happy that they're at a better place. And like I said, I'm actually really happy because my uncle is going to be uh, accompanying my grandfather. My grandfather is not alone, so you know, um, you know how us, us Mexicans, bro, we're very superstitious, and you know, my mom my mom comes over and she has her house remedies, Mexican house remedies, or what to do, you know. I, I, um, <laughs> Yeah. You know, like yeah. when I was a kid and I ran into a wall and you get a big old, you know, swell on your head. I don't know any other culture that does this. Did, uh, let me ask you guys: Did your dear precious? So, if you would ran it, if you ran into a wall, and you had a big old <laughs> knot, my mom would grab me, start sucking on it, and then put sugar on it. No. And I, <laughs> no. dude, I was like, Yeah, what?
3: that's a hard no. Yeah. <laughs>
0: and and she did that for a long time and i was like okay you know i you know i, I just i have but, never known. Know, uh,
3: i will say that my mom was like uh, in, you know from mexico and she would uh, there was like a, a lunar eclipse and uh-huh. my 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 cousin was pregnant and my mom like one of us brought it up like my brother Jerry, i think said to my mom There's was to to be a uh-huh. lunar eclipse and she said, like, oh, and like, hang on a second, and called sister, you know, and said, and, "and you tell her to get inside and to cover her stomach with like safety pins or like some sort of metal, or the child we be born with a hair lip. Right. And we were, we were like looking at each other like, what is this? And like, it wasn't for like years and years later that we finally asked our cousin, if, you know, what was the other end of that telephone call like? And sure enough, you know, it wasn't like my my uh, my Tia Lupe was like, oh, that's the craziest thing I ever heard. She was like, no, I'll, I'll get I'll get her get her out of that, you know, inside immediately and and get some metal on her. Uh,
0: yeah, <laughs> you don't even Mexican... realize how crazy it is. You know, I mean, if you're you yeah, growing yeah. up Mexican-American, you don't realize how like off it is because, you know, like my, if you had a tummy ache, my grandmother used to um, boil a hard egg and rub it on your tummy. And then she would get it and throw it away because she said, you know, uh, you know, I took out the, the the bad spirit from your body, you know. And, and my family's from Mexico City; they're from the DF. So, you know, it's, you know, weird stuff, man. And when you get older, um, and it, it, well, myself, you know, I was a young I was a young man that started in a family, and I tried to do those remedies. And then like my my the, the family I married into, they would look at you all crazy, like, what the fuck is wrong with this mother? <laughs> <laughs> so
4: funny, man. A few, right there man. Hey, yeah, no,
0: man. like What's right? Wrong with this guy? All and all that
3: <laughs> yeah, like weird superstitions, but she also had like you know the herbal stuff that that totally works, you know, like right, um a squeeze in a whole lemon and then like a little bit of honey for like a, making your own cough syrup It's like way better, especially like even if you have like allergies
0: uh, like th- that'll drinking that down will like you know we'll
3: we'll do some yeah. shit for you
0: my mom had a great okay. one work because we didn't have an AC, you know, and if it got really hot, she used to put Vicks all over us and put us in front of a fan. So that worked really good, too. But anyways, man, <laughs> what's up, brother? What was your, so what would you think about the fight?
4: <laughs> you, oh, the you, know what, what, you know was crazy, man? Like, I actually enjoyed the whole thing, man. Like, I enjoyed the the undercard and everything. Like, I, I don't know if like I got fooled by the presentation or the production, but I kind of mm-hmm. felt like I was watching, like a, like, a boxing Super Bowl, man. You know, I was going Yeah, was right? Scenery the scenery was the
0: beautiful. The scenery yeah. was gorgeous, dude. The the big screen, the atmosphere looked like it was like, wow. Well, well, you know what, though? Oh. You guys went to the movies
4: right? Yeah, I, I saw it in the movies. Yeah, did you see that the movies? No, dude, I didn't, I didn't stay home with my girl, man. We, I bought it mm. online, though, and it worked, it worked good. Yeah, I, I wanted to go, especially where I saw Dave, uh, Gabe went, man. I saw the movie there in San Francisco. Look, they got leather seats over there, man. Dude, they got man. the big I recliners. That. I saw that. Yep, Metro. Yep. So they don't. They yeah, don't they have the back. big
3: recliners over in
4: Emeryville. No, no, they just got regular movie, movie theater seats. It's fine. It's like a new theater, but they don't have they don't have the luxury stuff. It's like, you know right.
3: it is. That yeah. actually might but, be more yeah. fun because I felt like uh, the, these seats are like you know they're great, but like you're pretty much hanging out with your row, you know, unless you yeah. like go up in the balcony. That seemed a little more communal, but everything's kind of high backed, so like. I knew somebody, like, two rows down from me, um, and, and but, like, you know, I just ended up staying in my row. I had really great seats, but it was, like, not as communal as, like, a regular movie house would be, I think.
4: Yeah, because they're, like, the size of a love chair, right? I've been in those theaters. Like, I got one in my <laughs> like, yeah. like, like Yeah, just one big old love chair all to yourself, you know? Yeah, I, I, like two cup them. holders, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're comfortable. They're also kind of annoying, like you said, man. Uh, the crowd in Emeryville, man, gets really good because you get a little bit of everybody, right? You got oaks and you got Oakland, you got Richmond, you got Berkeley. So you got a little bit of black people, whites, Mexicans, you know, you got a little bit of everything, man. And it's a uh, hardcore boxing fans, man. Like really into it, dude. So it's a good, it's this, this good was, time in Emerville.
3: This was a mix, uh, uh,
4: yeah. uh,
3: like Mexican, black, and white. I was like, oh, so this is where all the other Mexicans and black people are. <laughs> We're all in one room. It makes fight. it better.
4: It <laughs> makes it better because, as you know, like boxing, right, it's a little uh, bit tribal, right? So it makes it right. better, man. You got you, there's somebody gonna be rooting for somebody no matter what, you know. It seems and that, it seemed like there joke. was
3: more Spence fans than uh, than Mikey fans, and then there was just yeah. kind of some boxing general boxing fans.
4: Yeah, it, it's a great place to take a date, man. Like you know, it's, it's like a casual place to take your girlfriend to go watch a movie. You know, or excuse me, to go watch a fight. You know, instead of like hanging out with a bunch of the homies, whatever. I wouldn't recommend.
0: I wouldn't recommend it because then the date's gonna be like, man, you ignored me. The whole time we were here. <laughs>
4: yeah, no, I was All kind right, of man. like, I went, I went
3: stag. I was like, this is great,
4: you know. Um. I, was on I was planning on it. I was planning, but my girl ended up ended up getting the day off, and I was like, ah, screw it, man. So I was thinking about yeah. going out to the Metro and hang out with you, man. Uh, you, uh, Dave, I see the game, but it dude, yeah. yeah, man. Last second things. Next time, man. Next time, uh, Baby Canelo fight, we'll we'll meet yeah. up for that one. Man. That'd be cool. That'd be cool, dude. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um,
3: i will be i will, so be, yeah, like I will to... be working that night but uh that's a shame oh. that's like this was like my last fight I, i'm going into rehearsals like uh next week week after next and 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 then yeah it'll be not till june june 2nd then i can see fights live again so oh
4: wow How do, you I do know that? what how that do is you like DV, how do you dvr a pay-per-view how do you do that man? like how do you get to watch it later find i'm gonna online? find
3: out uh you either find it online or just buy it. I think you can buy it on, you know, to buy it on the
4: oh, website and, and
3: I imagine do it that way. Just, yeah. I, I just try to avoid, especially if it's going to be, but, but, you know, May 5th, it's gonna be a, so I'm just going to watch it later that night on my phone or, you know, come back to my place
4: and, and oh, watch. That's right. It. Yeah. I didn't think about that. You're right. You can watch it on demand. Duh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't think about yeah, that. yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That's, that's, that's tight, man. That's tight. Um, yeah, dude, that's was surprising, right? Like so I enjoyed the fights. I know they were one-sided, but for whatever reason, I, I just got caught up in the production, and I enjoyed them all, man. Uh, I, I, somebody tweeted out like during the day, Graham Houston, that he it was like the first time he could remember a pay-per-view where saw the that. losing fighters, all the losing fighters, only got one round the whole, the whole all, out of all the fights. You know, that's that. I mean, that was one-sided. That was two one-sided, then I guess at the end, you know. But while I was watching, them, I didn't mind. You know, I enjoyed the the. What's a big Mexican heavyweight, uh, Chris Chris Arriola. Chris Arriola. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed mm-hmm. that fight. You know, it, it wasn't really competitive, but no, it was a good get the fight. that you know? Yeah, yeah I he like looks like a you know, big to going come back here. seriously. Like his body, he looked yeah. in shape. You know? Yeah, he looks like he's matured. He looks like, he like he's matured. He might be actually taking it serious. Man, he's got talent. He's got knockout power. You know, maybe. You know, maybe he could be an opponent for uh, Wilder if he can't. You know, if he doesn't get uh, AJ or. Uh, or uh, Fury this year,
0: you know, that, that'd be a good fight I wouldn't mind watching that, it, you know it, You know what, it, it was a I'm, well, Man, I don't know, the undercard uh, Let me just put it this way, if you watched the DAZN Friday night card I would have had preferred having that As the undercard to the main event To the Garcia and Spence
4: Yeah that,
0: To me, the DAZN got- Friday night card was way more entertaining You know
4: like I said, I probably got caught up in that. This, you know, it was something brand new that I've never seen before, right? Like it, it was like watching the box, the equivalent of the Super Bowl for boxing, man. With the production levels, the big football stadium, almost fifty thousand people. I mean, that's just amazing, man. You know, whatever you want to say. Yeah, you're right. Know, and you're, right, and you're right because
0: because see, I didn't get to. I, didn't, I, didn't, I also didn't have a chance to go to the movie theaters because I had family come down because of my my uncle, so I ended up paying for the fight here at the house, and everybody here did enjoy it. And and you know uh, uh, my compadre is is uh, is a fight fan as well. I mean you know listens to the show and everything else. Um, but like everybody else that was here, weren't they're not really they're like you know seasonal fight fans, right? If a big fight's on, they're gonna watch it. then They're not gonna start asking you questions like, oh who's this guy? You know what? But they they thoroughly enjoyed it. They they had a good time, you know. And 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 the same thing everybody was talking about how nice it looked there, you know, and how fun the the atmosphere looked looked. Look like in, in Texas So, yeah, no I, You know, I, I didn't walk I didn't walk away upset like a lot of fans that, that paid for it or were saying that Oh, you know, pay-per-view, because sometimes I'm a realistic fight fan, though You know what I mean? Um, hey, if I'm going to pay for it, well, well I can't, I can't bitch about it after You know, because I made that Constant decision to gamble with it And I think anytime You pay for anything You're, you're making that, you know, decision to gamble With your money whether or not it's going to be good or not good, right?
4: Yeah. The only complaint I have really – I'm sorry, go ahead. Dave, oh, I'm just uh,
3: before I forget and we run out of time, uh, the answer, I think, is uh, Sorong Vasai, who's on the, the ring's top ten pound for pound that's like won a fight that he wasn't supposed to against Ramon Gunn, I would say. Uh, but everybody – I mean, how you know, it kind of makes no sense to, to elevate guys. Like, this is the best guy in the world. Well, who's he beating that he wasn't supposed to?
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, great. well, Canelo, right? Even though Put he, him on pay-per-view. people think he lost, what about Canelo, man? Even though people think he lost, right? He's still like you right. was supposed to get knocked out both times, you know. Uh, Triple hmm. G was supposed to kill him both times, you know. And, and in fact, he went one and one, you know, against him. So I think Canelo deserves, you know, I'm not into the pound for pound either, but he deserves his ranking also. I think, you know, just with his resume, and he's taking a lot of challenges too. He went, you know, he went in as an underdog against Floyd Mayweather. I mean, he's 22, you know, and so he's taking a lot of chances, man. He's fought a lot of guys and nobody else wanted to fight, you know. And whether you think he won or lost, you know, he's got, you know, he's got, he's, he's uh, pushed the, the sport forward, kind of like Oscar did, man. Oscar fought everybody; he didn't beat everybody, but he fought everybody, you know. And that was good for the sport, and that's what Canelo does, man. You know, so knocked down Shane do Mosley. Yeah, <laughs> Mosley was <on laughs> the juice too. Uh
3: Second fight.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that was uh, with with
3: Canelo. i mean or with uh, Oscar? Oh, I'm
4: sorry. I apologize. I, mean, I was thinking about Oscar. Yeah,
3: the second fight with Oscar. I'm sorry. They, I, uh, I they did vada mm-hmm. testing for uh, Mosley and and uh, Alvarez. He, he's
4: done a lot of voda testing, right? Uh, uh, Canelo has. He, he, I think he's been partici- Maybe not consistently. I want to say the that's the his first time.
3: Most- that was his first time doing it. Doing like you know extra testing, third third party testing. Was that fight? Because uh, like there was you know, the main event was uh, Floyd and somebody, and they were doing you saw the and they, this was the undercard. Man, so I
4: know Tony. you guys are up against it, man. I know you guys are up against it. I, I just want to say one thing, man, with Mikey, uh, and I know I predicted he was going to lose in the ten round so I, I wasn't totally surprised by the outcome.
3: Uh, That's intense too. I,
4: yeah, I was just disappointed. I was just disappointed, man. Like not necessarily that he got outclassed. But all the all the shit he was talking before the fight started, right? You know, even making this fight in the first place, right? And to do that poorly, it's embarrassing, man. It's an embarrassment. I really do think of that, man. Like, there's nothing wrong with losing to a better man, but when you when you're talking all this shit that you're the better boxer, that you want this guy, you see something, you know, you're selling you're selling this fight to the public, to the fans, right? And that's what you do, you know. That's what hmm. you know, as a fan, that kind of upset me a little bit, man. You, you've been, you know. He sold, he sold a bunch of book tickets, man, you know? Said, I think the extra weight
3: was a, mis- was a mistake. I, I would have gone like 141. would have tried to, or, you know, I don't know. That he- being heavier didn't help. Maybe being lighter and being elusive would have helped, you know?
4: Well, that was um, one thing you bragged about, the snack training, right? That he was going to come in the best shape of his life and it didn't show at all, you know?
3: I think he was in so, really I mean, good shape. They allowed him to go 12 to get beat up, but it, I don't think it, it accentuated his best attributes.
4: Right, it didn't make him yep. explosive like he said he was going to be. You know, like I, I, I just have real, uh, a bad taste in my mouth with Mikey, man. I just do. I'm sorry, man. Like I wanted him to do, do good. I was I was rooting for him, and just the way he, you know, you know, he bullshitted us into buying the fight. And at the end of the day, the actual fight, he doesn't do nothing.
0: Nothing, well, it, you know? it, goes back, it goes back, though, bro, where Mike Tyson said everybody comes in with a plan until they get punched in the mouth. I think he truly believed he, he could outbox them. He was a better boxer. I think they truly believed that they were putting the right, the right things in training camp to, 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 to see something that they mentioned that they, they saw in Spence. The thing is, is Spence, like I said earlier, well, he took the fight serious as well became because he came in with an educated jab and he came in not not being reckless you know he he didn't really use his size he he used his smarts to 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 win this fight i give credit to spence but i hear what you're saying because my 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 older brother mike too he was like dude i'm so disappointed this sucks because you know he he same thing he thought that mikey was going to go out there and he just felt like it was a major major letdown because of all the trash talk and, 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 you know, Hey, we bought into the hype, we bought into the, uh, to the hype. And, and that's what we get, <laughs> you know, that's, that's what happens, man. And stuff, but brother, the way, yeah. let you go. Cause we're at the end of our Thank show you. here, Thank man. You. I Thank appreciate you. the call. I Thank apologize to everybody that called in cause the lines were full. Um, we had Joe Goosen on but next week for sure. We'll get everybody on. We won't book a guest. We'll have, we have plenty of time here on Lead Marine to just discuss boxing. As always, don't drink or drive because you will spill your beer. Mr. Gabriel Montoya, Till next week.
2: Peace.
4: With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just
1: about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
4: Sorry.